Real gon' recognize, real gon' recognize, real gon' recognize, real, real Phony gon' recognize, still, still recognize with Like we always do with this time
welcome, welcome, welcome everybody to the KIRP Radio Show. I'm your host, Pudgy. Sunday, March 4th, 2012, baby, and the March Madness is here. I hope everybody's excited. I know the CIAA has just ended this, this Saturday, I'm sorry, or today. You know, people are on the interstate, they're driving back. A lot of people are back to their destinations by now. And uh, I'm pretty sure Charlotte was rocking this weekend, man. I I know Charlotte was rocking this weekend. I've seen a lot of posts out there. I've seen a lot of people on Twitter. Uh, a lot of the news, a lot of the media has pictures from C from uh, not CPAC, Jesus, from the CIAA tournament, and uh, it was going down. So shout out to everybody out there, all my listeners out there in Charlotte, NC, all my CIAA people out there, man. I appreciate. Excuse me, I appreciate you guys for rocking with us, man, and definitely hold on because. We're coming. We'll be in Charlotte really, really, really soon. So I'll let you guys know what that's all about. But expect to see us real soon. We'll be out there in the streets. Um, we'll be in a couple of venues, and uh, we'll be asking you guys questions about various things. Um, so shout out to everybody out there in Charlotte and all the CIAA participators and everybody. Hopes and prayers that you guys make it back home or have already made it back home um, from the CIAA weekend, which was, from what I understand, uh, quite the event. Um, this Sunday, it is 8.05 p.m. You know, I got to start putting that in there because I had some people email me that say, hey, I don't know uh, what day what show is, despite that the shows are labeled with time and date. But I guess they want to know what the, the day and the time is. So it's March 4th, 8.05, 2012. And uh, today we have a, a very, very, very offensive topic. It's not offensive to me, Um to talk about it, it doesn't bother me to talk about it, but it's offensive to a lot of people who are uh, on the end and that view that uh, they're not getting their equal rights or they're not being treated fairly. So, um, you know, today's show is going to be a little bit uneasy. I have a number of guests that should be calling in, uh, you know, if they don't back down because the, the topic that we're going to talk about is very serious. A lot of people are afraid of the topic. There are a lot of ministers that are approached on this topic. There are a lot of preachers, pastors, deacons, and bishops that are approached on this topic. And to, just to be flat out honest, they don't want to deal with it. They don't want to have to rock with it. They don't want to address it. They just want to go on about their lives and ignore it as if it's not a problem, as if that it doesn't exist. So um, if you read the follow-up, if, if you read the information from today's show, um, you guys know what the show is going to be about. If you haven't read uh the topic of today or you don't know what's going on um you know i'll let you know a little bit about that real soon but uh it's a touchy topic and and what i hope to get from this is that and i'm not i'm not here to really talk about uh the marriage amendment for north carolina i'm I'm not really here to talk about that right now even though we will address it i'm very versed on a topic um i have facts in front of me and facts in my brain so we can definitely go there but um i'm not really here to talk about this i'm really i really want to pinpoint um, the hearts and souls of people. I really want to under understand what people are thinking um, when we talk about this topic. What people are going through. Um, what's the expectations? Uh, uh, what's what's the moral standard or the, or the moral ground? You know, how should these things be addressed? Because there are a lot of unanswered questions um, about the topic that we have today. So we're going to talk about that real soon in the next segment of the show. But, uh, you know, like I said, it's very touchy. There's a lot of people who don't want to touch it. There's a lot of folks who won't touch it. So I advise you guys to, uh, you know, fasten your seatbelts because we're really going to go there today, and it may get a little personal. 
Um, I don't I don't want to get a whole bunch of emails, even though I know I will. I, the, the hate mail will come, but I don't I'm not looking for a lot of email from people, or a lot of comments from people who are looking to uh, uh, undermine what I'm trying to do here, because I really want to put some clarity to this issue from both ends of the spectrum. I want I want people on both ends of the field to understand where we're coming from. Um, for me, everything is 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 my faith in God first. Everything I do is my faith in God first, and then everything is second to that. So, you know, when it comes to my faith in God and the things that I believe, I'm not willing to discuss it as if I'm going to change what I believe in my faith. Uh, um, if, if I believe there's a stance, if I take a stance on an issue, <clears throat> excuse me, whether it's fiscal or social, if I take a stance on an issue, you best believe my morality is coming from my faith in God. And if you don't have that, if you don't believe in that, you're not going to understand where I'm coming from. So we're going to always have an argument. So when I when I bring things to the table and I begin to talk about things, I don't go there with my faith in God. That's just that's not debatable. I'm not going to change that. So we can just slide that to the side and see if we can be civil about some issues and talk about what's really going on. Because as a society, we all have to face the things that are, are, are on the table legislatively. We all have to talk about these things. We're all going to face them. We're all going to be involved in these things. So that's what we're going to do today, man. I hope you guys are ready to follow up. Like I said, it, it, it's probably going to be very offensive to a lot of people because they're going to take it to heart. They're not going to understand where uh, 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 some of my guests are coming from or or, you know, maybe some of my guests won't understand where each other are coming from. I don't know, but we, we shall see. So uh, that's what we're about this week, man. I definitely appreciate you guys rocking with us. And uh, I also got to say, this week uh, we lost a pioneer. So let, me, let me say pioneer is not even the word. I think we lost, um, wow, I don't even know the words to, to place for this, man. I, all I can tell you is that we lost a very great, a hardworking, a really standout individual. Some people call him nasty. Some people call him too direct. Some folks call him disrespectful. But one thing I know for a fact is that we lost the man that was working, Andrew Breitbart. We lost that man this week. Um, it's said that he died uh, uh, from natural causes. I don't know. I, I'm a bit of a conspiracy nut. So, I, you know, personally, I, I, I scream foul play from the door. Um, I don't know. You know, we can only go with what the reports say. So I definitely want to say rest in peace to Andrew Breitbart. This show is dedicated to you, my friend. Um, you know, I hope heaven has opened the doors and embraced you and accepted you for who you are and what you've been done. And I know there's many crowns, many jewels in your crowns in heaven, my friend. So um, blessings goes out to you and your family, your fans, supporters, other conservatives out there who know exactly what this man was doing. We dedicate this show to him. Uh, a, a very beautiful individual, despite what some people might think the man really wear. He wore his heart on his sleeve. And, and, and the problem with wearing your heart on your sleeve is that people see that. You know, people, they, they attach themselves to uh, uh, the love you have for everybody. So that's always attacked a lot. So when you get attacked for wearing your heart on your sleeve, you have to defend that. You have to defend those attacks. And, and I know a little bit about that. Um, so I, for most people that I know, when they wear their heart on their sleeve, um, when they go to defend that, when they start to defend themselves and, and, and start to uh, uh, attack themselves to the folks that attack them, start to play a little bit of defense, and that defense turned to offense, it's a lot more fierce. So that's what a lot of people were seeing through Breitbart. They were seeing a more fierce individual. 
You know what I mean? They were seeing a, a a man who was sick of people attacking him for something that he believed in and something that he knew to be true, something that he stood firmly on was just the truth in, in general. Um, you know, the, the more people attacked him, the more offensive he got. And that's something I think that most conservatives probably need to do anyway. Uh, um, you need to get on the offense, folks. You know, it's, it's work to be done. There's a lot of work we have to do in society. There are people and institutions and and Man, there's all politicians and you name it, all sorts of grassroots organizations. There are a lot of things out there, a lot of forces out there and uh, that that really don't want us to continue on the way we're continuing in this country. There are a lot of people that want to change these things for the for the for the better of themselves or, or what they believe will be the better of themselves, but it takes away from our individual liberties uh uh for what we live and for what we stand for. So there are a lot of people that want to change that. We we gonna we're gonna fight that until the end. And uh I'm one of those folks who believe that, you know, things are pretty good the way they are. You know, I, I, I'm glad that I can worship my God in public. I'm glad that I can pray in public. And, you know, I don't knock anybody else for doing it. You know, you do you. But I know the principles that this country was founded on, and those happen to be the principles that I believe in, despite the, the fact that blacks were enslaved in this country. You know, it's, it, at the end of the day, man, you can't control all. And uh, if we're not going through that now, you know, we have the responsibilities on our own back. You know, we can do things on our own now. So we're individuals that can be individualist and we can make decisions on our own that for the better of our families and ourselves, our kids. And, uh, you know, that's what we do. I got to go to commercial. When I come right back, I'm bringing you guys none other than Charlotte from stretchingyourbudget.com. Charlotte's going to come on and uh, she's going to give us a little bit of our knowledge on uh, stretching your dollar. I mean, that's what she does. She always teaches us about stretching your dollar, how to save a little bit more money, how to spend your money wisely. So I definitely appreciate what she do, man. Charlotte from StretchingYourBudget.com. While we're in the commercial, if you're on the computer, check us out at KIRPRadioShow.com. We're also on Twitter, at symbol NCPudgy. That's my personal, at symbol KIRP Radio Show is the show. Add both of them, man. Let us know you heard us on the show. We'll get back at you. If you got an email and you don't want to call the show and you have a comment, hit us up, KIRPRadio at gmail.com. We will definitely hit you back as long as you have a topic in the topic line. In the subject line, folks, you got to put a topic in there. You have to because that's how we categorize our emails. Also, if you're on Facebook, hit us up on Facebook. That's Facebook.com slash KIRP Radio Show. And you can also check us on iTunes. That's right. The iTunes is popping. The ratings have increased tremendously. Um, hit us up on iTunes, man. Go to the podcast. Put in KIRP or either KIRP Radio Show. Three words. Look us up. Add us on there, and you can listen to the show live while it's going down. I'll be right back after this commercial break with Charlotte from StretchingYourBudget.com. Triad Super Saver Report. Yeah, we'll be right back in a splash.
Are you a high school senior in a public high school in Durham County, North Carolina, or Orange County, North Carolina, and you're headed to a historically black college or university? Or are you a high school senior in Iredale County, North Carolina, and you're headed to Catawba Community College? If you meet any of these three qualifications, go to emmascholarship.org. Find out how you can get your free money for college today. E-M-M-A scholarship.org. Remember this number, 9.8. That's not the time on the shot clock. For the seconds left in the game. It's not the number of times I will light you up. Nah. 9.8 is any of that. It's ounces. And that makes this the life ever. Scientific tests prove when you drink Dr. Pepper slow, the 23 flavors taste even better. For me, slow always produces a hit. That's a side for me. Slower is better. Trust me. I'm a doctor. If you're just joining us, welcome to the KIRP Radio Show. 619-638-8559 is the number. We are now rocking with the best we have on the air. None other than the greatest, the undisputed heavyweight shopper of the world until I get to her. Charlotte from Stretching Your Budget, Triad Super Savers. What's up, Charlotte? <laughs> Nothing. That was quite an intro. Thank you. <laughs> Yeah, you're undefeated right now, but you know, I had to let let everybody know that you're undefeated in shopping. I like this for right now part, yeah. We'll mm-hmm. see about that. Yeah, I just slipped that in there. So how are you? <laughs> Doing good. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. Trying to swallow down some hot tea. Um, it's been a good week. It's it's been a roller coaster of a week a little bit. How's your week been? How was your week and your family? Um, it was kinda short, but I'm on a mandatory overtime at my regular job, so oh. I've been working an awful lot. So, <laughs> kind of tired, actually. Well, we'll let you go ahead and do your thing so you can definitely get your rest, but I'm sure the people are looking forward to hearing what you have to offer, as usual. I know I am. Hopefully. <laughs> well, um, since you kind of liked the whole credit card thing last week, I thought that I would go into some more on that this week. Cool. Sounds good. Let, let it wait. Okay. Well, I thought I'd start off with a few um, little statistics because I'm one of those people that I have to, like, hear big numbers to be like, oh, maybe that's a problem. So um, according to MSNBC, the um, average household that carries credit card debt has a balance of $2,000. So if you sign up for an 18% credit card and then you pay $50 a month on it, you will pay $1,000 um, of interest in addition to the $2,000 of debt. So you just basically spent 
$3,000 for a $15 hat that you'll probably never wear. So, um, you know, just putting that into perspective um, really hits home because I'm sure we have all been there where we spend, you know, $15, $20 on something and we're like, oh, it'll be, you know, we'll pay it off next month. Um, and then life happens. So, you know, one of the big things with credit cards um, are annual fees. They really can eat into the credit card um, benefits that you see. And um, it really takes a toll on the total amount that you end up spending. So let's say that um, one of your cards offers airline miles, and it has an $80 annual fee. So if you spend $8,000 on the card every year and pay it off each month, you will then have accumulated enough to get the free ticket in three years. The only problem is with that that you'll have spent $240 in annual fees alone, and you could have just bought the plane ticket for basically $250, which, you know, they're a little bit more than that right now. But um, So, you know, you have to look at things like that. A lot of times credit card companies try to trick you, and, you know, not only credit card companies, this can be car dealerships, um, you know, anywhere, but they try to fool you with that, oh, 0% APR, you know, annual fee for the first year. So you end up buying something and you think that you'll have whatever it is you bought paid off before that all that stuff kicks in. Um, but like I said earlier, life happens. Um, I know that the majority of the people out there have probably felt life um, in the past few years with the recession going on. And, um, you know, you end up having to let things go or you have to pay them with your credit card. And then, voila, that annual fee pops up and that interest rate jumps to the roof the first time you miss a payment to, you know, 23 to 35%. So um, you really have to look at the risk versus the benefits. So don't be fooled by the rewards and the fact that they're going to give you no interest rate, no APR for a certain amount of time, because eventually that is going to come. So just don't assume that you're going to have all these things paid off. Excuse me. And, um, you know, another thing that, um, you know, credit card companies tend to try to, you know, put out there is that, um, you know, if you – use your credit card, um, you know, all these benefits and stuff. But one of the things that I think and has been shown, and, you know, I've mentioned Dave Ramsey before, it's kind of hot on our mind because we're going through um, his financial peace class again. Um, actually, we're helping facilitate it at our church. But, um, you know, a lot of times people think that, uh, you know, cash is old school. Nobody uses cash anymore. I kind of touched on this last week, um, but um, they've actually done a study that shows, um, you know, they had people that would go into an MRI, um, and they would, it's what's like an MRI, does a study of the brain, and it would show that when people were going to buy things with cash, the effects that it has on them. So their pupils begin to dilate, they um, would start to get sweaty. And this is like with big purchases. Um, so studies show that when you actually use cash and hand it over, your body goes through um, all these emotions and you start to get excited and, um, you know, anxious. 
and you really, it's a feeling when you pass over cash. But when you use your credit card, there's absolutely no, nothing, no emotion. You don't feel anything. It's just kind of like you swipe the card and there's nothing there. So um, the fact that that is such a huge impact just by using cash versus plastic it shows the, um, the really the effect that it has on you. So, you know, I know when we're going to spend money and it's, you know, a big purchase, um, you know, it's hard to let that money go because I know I've worked for it and now I see it actually leaving my hands versus if we use a credit card or even a debit card, I just swipe and don't think. Because like, like I was saying, there's no emotion to that. And so that's why we get wrapped up in, in some of these things because there's no emotion. You don't think about it until later when the bill comes. Another study was done um, on credit card use that uh, McDonald's did, and they found out that 47% more of their consumers, uh, excuse me, spent more, 47% more um, using credit cards instead of using cash. So, you know, it just goes to show that you you just don't think about things, and so, um, you know, spending credit, using credit, it's not always what it's cracked up to be because there's consequences down the road. You have temptations um, to use the credit card whenever you're in a bind or whenever you really want something and you know you don't have it right now. How easy is it just to say, oh, I'll get it later? Um, but the, the expense and... Uh, the heartache that it sometimes can cause is just not worth it to me. Um, it also gives a, a, like a false sense of security. Um, you know, I have a friend uh, that I work with, a coworker, who um, her husband, I talked about this last week, her husband's sick, and, and she's using credit, and it's kind of that, that false sense of security that, um, you know, she can use the, the credit now and she's got the cash in case something were to happen. So, um, but, you know, in a few months or a few years when this is all said and done, she's, they're going to be in a real bind. So um, just make sure that you're not setting yourself up for failure by, you know, listening to the, the the things out there that sound good and sound great and enticing. You know, people are paying a lot of money for advertising and to fool you and to think that um, things are better than what they really are. So, um you know, I just hate to see people get in trouble over a $15 hat or whatever it may be. <laughs> That's all I have. Oh, sorry. I didn't know if you were finishing that. You're fine. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, it, it sounds like, are credit cards addictive? I think that they can be. You know, a lot of people say, I'm one of those people that pay it off every month. I do it just for the rewards. Um, but you never know when something's going to happen, or you never know when, um, you know, they throw something out there and they're like, oh, we can get 500 points for spending X amount of dollars, and you end up spending more money just trying to get those points. But what is that going to cost you down the road in interest rates and, um, you know, the money that you spent that you really might have not needed to spend? You were just spending more to get those points, you know? So I, yeah. I, I think that they can be very addictive. Now I I, I got to get you to repeat this stat because I I wrote it down, and I know a lot of listeners probably heard it, but it's definitely worth uh, worth repeating. 
And uh, I would love for you to post that on the Facebook page, John, if you can get that, or or maybe you can put that on there, Charlotte. I don't know, but can you repeat that first stack about that stat about two thousand? The average household has two thousand dollars in credit, paying fifty dollars a month, and so on. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um. Yeah. This is from MSNBC, and um, the average house household that carries credit card debt. This is consumer debt has a balance of two thousand dollars. Um, and if you were to sign up for an 18% credit card, which, by the way, most credit cards are not that low at this point. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, on average, credit cards are going to be 23 to 30%. So, um, but uh, so if you signed up for one that was 18%, you pay $50 a month on it. Uh, you will pay a thousand dollars, excuse me, thousand or two dollars of interest, in addition to the two thousand dollars of debt. That you would have spent wow. your balance. So that basically means that you just spent three thousand and two dollars for a fifteen dollar hat, and that's what the example was that you would never wear. So if your balance was two thousand eighteen percent interest, you only pay the minimum or whatever of fifty dollars. You end up paying a thousand and two dollars of interest um, that's compounded on top of the two thousand dollars of debt you already had. So three thousand dollars of debt. So that's what you mean by a three thousand dollar hat. Mm-hmm. That better be uh, that better be uh, what's that that uh, on the movie? I can't remember what the guy was wearing, but I'm not in, I'm not like the this super designer guy, so I don't know what the name of that hat was. But it's some kind of fur. It better be a fur hat. How about that? Yeah. You're paying two better grand be Gucci or something like that. <laughs> yeah, right. That's right. Let me get a Gucci hat for fifty bucks or something like that that's gonna end up being two or three thousand dollars. That that's an amazing stat right there. That's astonishing to me. And I, I don't think folks when you have credit cards, I don't think you really look at that long term. But with what's going on in the country, there are a lot of people that are paying minimum balances if they're making those minimum balances. So uh you know the credit card companies are are, are you know they're sending out every day, sending out mailers saying, Hey you can get this card, you can get this card so um, definitely beware. And if I might add, I just want to put this out there too uh, about credit cards. Watch out for the $300 credit cards, the $200 credit cards mm-hmm. that they send you with these offers because I, I got in trouble with that in college before. They'll send you these cards and they'll say, uh, you know, you're pre-approved for this card and you'll get approved knowing that you have no credit, not even a job maybe, but they'll give you this card and immediately they'll take $59 annual fee, and, and maybe even more now. I've been hearing stories of even, even more that they would take over $150. I don't know that for a fact, but I know that they'll charge you at least a, a, a annual fee of sometimes 50, $59 and upward of $59 and will leave you with ending up being half of the balance of that card. So you are, you are immediately in debt when you get this card. Yeah. So, you know, watch out for these notices, folks. Make sure you're reading the small print. And uh, you know, do what's best for yourselves, and just be careful, man. Don't don't go on a credit card spending spree. Jesus, mm-hmm. please don't. <laughs> yeah, it, it happens. It's not worth it. Yeah, and like you said, with the fifty nine dollar, you know, most of them are, are upwards to a hundred. They're between mm-hmm. fifty and a hundred now. So you know, you've got that already once a year. The credit card company is making money for you to sign it up. You know, what? all you did is sign up, and so a lot of the myths are. Don't close your credit card um, down because then it shows you have no revolving credit, you know, and then your debt outweighs the amount of credit that you have. However, you're paying annually if you don't close it for something mm-hmm. you don't ever use. 
So they're going to send you a bill once a year for that annual fee, whether you're using that card or not. Wow. You know, credit card companies are, are billion-dollar companies. They are not losing money from you. You know, a lot of people think, oh, I can get these rewards, and I'm paying off my debt with my rewards. Mm-hmm. But how much are you actually giving them? They're not giving you money. That will never happen. <laughs> so wow. It's just, you know, they have you think as a, you know, tricked as a consumer to think, um, you know, you're being rewarded for using them. That is not true. Don't think for a second they became a billion-dollar company for, you know, you getting paid from them. <laughs> <laughs> That's for sure. That's a fact. Got to watch out for the credit card companies, folks. You got to be responsible and definitely don't spend outside of your means. And I know I'm talking to a wall right now, Charlotte. Any shout-outs? I know you got some shout-outs, and you know I was going to ask the question, so please prepare your shout-outs. <laughs> my shout-out this week, hmm. Well, my my baby boy, my son, he's going to turn three um, on the 12th. It's a little premature, but I just, I'm planning first party the next weekend. So a little Uh-oh. happy, pretty happy birthday for my three-year-old son. <laughs> Ooh. The three-year-old birthday party. Do I remember those? And they are in the past. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to your three-year-old, man, your baby boy. Shout out to your family. I definitely appreciate what you do, Charlotte. And, uh, you know, we'll see you next week, man. And, and I'm loving this credit topic. I'm loving that. And um, keep doing what you do, man. I really appreciate it. Let the people know if they don't already know, which I'm sure they do. But let them know where they can find you at and, uh, you know, how much you dedicate to them, where they can find those details. Um, well, you can find us on the web at stretchingyourbudget.com. You can all, um, also find us at Twitter, at symbol stretchyourbudget, and that's with a U-R, not Y-O-U-R. You, um, you can also find us on Facebook, Tribe Super Saver is our tagline. Um, so that's it. There you have it. Check us out. There it is, Triad Super Saver, stretchingyourbudget.com. Charlotte, one love. I really appreciate you guys. Shout out to your husband. Thanks. Have a good week. All right, you too. That was Charlotte from StretchingYourBudget.com. Triad Super Savers. Look her up on Facebook, folks. She dedicates so much time, go through so much trouble, all for you. So you guys can live a little bit more frugal, so you can save a couple dollars. She always have coupons available for you guys on her website. Go to it right now, StretchingYourBudget.com. If you're on Facebook, Triad Super Savers. And I got a couple more links before I go to commercial. I just want you guys to know you're rocking with the number one black conservative radio station, Southeastern United States, MMG, KRP radio show. This is how we do it, baby, with, let me pause, with more than, can I get a pause in the music for a second? Thank you. With more than 260,100 listeners, baby, we're doing big things out here. Big things in the conservative movement. Big things for everybody. So check us out. We got to go to a commercial. We'll be right back. KIRPRadioShow.com, 619-638-8559 is the number. Hit us up on Twitter, at symbol NC Pudgy is me, at symbol KIRP Radio Show. Um, we're also on iTunes. You know what to look for. Podcast, KIRP Radio Show. Man, I lost my train of thought. But it is what it is. We'll be right back, folks, after these commercials and we're going to get down to the nitty gritty but first i got a couple of things to tell you and a word from my man andrew breitbart from the dead rest in peace andrew breitbart man this show is for you
switching to GEICO really save you 15% or more on car insurance? Did the little piggy cry wee, wee, wee all the way home? You're home. Oh, cool. Thanks, Mrs. A. Skyco. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Across America, the NFL and United Way are inspiring kids to get healthy and more active. Join the Play 60 movement. Pledge to Play 60 today at liveunited.org. K-I-R-P Radio! Do you have a garage full of old junk? At least you think it's old junk. How about a storage that you've been paying the bill on for so long and you've just been moving stuff into and you're ready to get rid of it when you look at it all the time? Well, if you do, make sure you contact Faulkner's Antiques before you throw it away. Again, that's Faulkner's Antiques out of Burlington, North Carolina. Faulkner's will pay you top dollar for estates, sterling, old furniture, pottery, signs, old toys, and etc. Faulkner's Antiques, they specialize in some of the most prolific antiques in this part of eastern North Carolina or the USA. So make sure you contact Wayne Prophet at Faulkner's Antiques, 336-214-6427. Again, that's Wayne Prophet. That's the man you want to talk to at Faulkner's Antiques, 336-214-6427. And if you get a hold of Wayne, guess what? He'll come to you free of charge. And if you can't get to him at that number, make sure you dial this other number. 336-675-4897. And don't forget, Wayne Prophet at Faulkner's Antiques says, don't forget the reason for the season. Remember this number, 9.8. That's not the time on the shot clock. For the seconds left in the game. It's not the number of times I will light you up. Nah, 9.8 isn't any of that. It's ounces. And that makes this the lightest ever. If money talks, I got my masters in communication. But I don't run it, I run it for a hundred. Ever since I was a young and been hungry, it's Paul Bunyan. You've been so fixed to plumbing. I'm a beast in the game, you run it. And if this ain't what you call hip hop, it must be bungee jumping. East side on my arm, three stripes on my sneakers. And even if they slip us, they better be Adidas. 60,000 North Carolina families are affected by autism. One out of every 110 children born today will be diagnosed with autism. If you have any questions or need support, we can help. The Autism Society of North Carolina can be reached at 800-442-2762. Again, that's 800-442-2762. 
Remember, 60,000 North Carolina families are affected by autism, and one out of every 110 children born will be diagnosed with autism as well. If you need to reach them by the web, the address is www.autismsociety-nc.org. You can also reach them on Facebook, Twitter, and you can reach them on YouTube. Love somebody today. The number one online music tournament encompasses seven different genres, including hip-hop, R&B, country, reggae, reggaeton, pop, rock, and gospel. Music artists, log on to soundshoe.com to compete for a chance to have exclusive access to music listeners across the globe. Build relationships with other music artists and music professionals, plus maximize your exposure and gain worldwide attention. Music listeners, log on now to enjoy new music from up-and-coming artists, then... Vote for the songs you like best to ensure that your favorite artist wins. Also, check out the latest in music news. Music execs and producers scout music talent to find your next big star. Musicians and voters, sign up for SoundChew today. That's www.soundchew.com. S-O-U-N-D-C-H-E-W. Once again, that's www.soundchew.com, the number one online music tournament. Welcome back, folks, everybody. Got to pay the bills. Welcome back to the KIRP Radio Show. If you guys are just logging in or if you're listening on the air, well, you're not listening live on the air tonight because that's every Wednesday night, LA, DC, WMMG 500 through 1600 on AM on your radio dial. Make sure you guys are logged in every Wednesday night, folks, to check us out, man. Every Wednesday night, 8 p.m. as normal. Um, You know, moving right along into the show, there are a few things that are going on out here that are that are hard not to see that are hard not to pay attention to and um you know the tea party movement it's hard not to see those it's hard not to see them um they're attacked on the republican side of the field at times, they're attacked definitely on the Democratic side of the field all the time. And um, it's hard not to see that movement. It's, it's just hard not to see it. Follow me now. There are also other things that are going on that you just can't ignore. Um, Occupy Wall Street. You cannot ignore them. Unless you're hiding under a rock, you've been in a coma all year, and last year, you cannot ignore what's going on with Occupy Wall Street, which, by the way, 
to me personally now, just the premise for what it stands, Occupy Wall Street and, and the Tea Party both, um, to the core of those movements are are no more than American citizens. They got together and they're fed up about something they felt that was wrong. That's the core. That's the core of it. That's not the principles. Lord knows it's not the principles of, of both of those organizations. But the core of those organizations are a bunch of American citizens who are uh, uh, mad or pissed off about what's going on in the country. And for people to be able to get together like this and and for their cause, um, for the benefit of the country is a beautiful thing. For the benefit of the country and the benefit of the people, both. It's important that you have both. That's a beautiful thing. <clears throat> but uh, my opinion is, if you look at o- Occupy Wall Street, uh, my opinion on, on what's happened is, uh, it's turned into a political toy. That whole movement turned into a political toy, and and it became very unstable, very disrespectful, very Occupy Wall Street versus uh, uh, right wing. Period. Right wing anything uh, instead of Occupy Wall Street being against everybody and everything, and and. You know, I've seen this with my own eyes, and we got it. We have footage. I got footage. Uh, when I was in CPAC, I actually went down. Um, you know, Occupy Wall Street was there. Andrew Breitbart was there. You know, everybody was there. All the heavy hitters were there in, in the political movement. And, um, you know, Occupy Wall Street was there, and they were marching outside. And, you know, they had signs, and, and you know, the signs said, uh, you know, a, a, a vast majority of things. And it was. You know, I don't know. Some of the things that had nothing to do with um, what was going on at CPAC. But, you know, they were there. They were marching. And, and what I found um, interesting was that a lot of folks had very nicely made sweaters or T-shirts together. And so I went in the middle of the crowd, me being who I am, Shame the devil. I ain't scared of nothing. So I went down there in the crowd and really trying to find out what's going on. So I'm asking a couple of people questions. Then I realized, hold up, let me pull out my can. Let me pull out my phone so I can I, I can get pictures of this and I can get some footage of this. And so I want people to understand what it was like to be amongst the crowd. Now, the footage isn't that great. The audio is pretty good. Um, we, we are going to put it out real soon, hopefully this week sometime, so folks can understand what it's like to be amongst that crowd and and I got to tell you guys, I got to tell you, as much as I'm against the Occupy Wall Street and some of the things that they say, 98% of the things that they say and do, it was energizing. It was very energizing. And and I equate that to uh, what President Obama does. And I'm not getting on that tonight. I'm, I'm not going to get on that because we're talking about a whole different topic. But I equate that to what the president does when he gives his speeches his speeches are absolutely extraordinary when he's given a speech. I'm not talking about a town hall. I'm not talking about when he's, he's he's stuttering and all this and that like me. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about when he when his speech writer and him and him or whoever else and his advisors when they write that speech and he gets that speech and he gets up there and he speaks is nothing like that. It's, there's, it's so energetic. It's so full of energy and so much hope in that speech until you decide, dissect it. 
and you're really listening to what he's saying, and then you go, hold up, I don't really agree with that. So walking through Occupy Wall Street, there were there were people out there with listen. It was like a parade, y'all. Let me tell you, it was quads out there. If you guys don't know what quads are, that you know my band and my band members definitely know what that's all that they are. But they were out there with drums, you know, out there with the bass drum, and they were rocking, and they had the chants going on, and the megaphone, and energy was high, and it was all love, and you know, people were just pissed off about what's going on in the country. But the difference is. They weren't talking about what's happening legislatively. They were talking about the people in the building at CPAC who were also, who happen to be conservatives, who are also in that building trying to fight for what's right. And, and CPAC was a convention, uh, 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 more or less. So Occupy Wall Street, now follow me, Occupy Wall Street was outside of the CPAC convention, the conservative convention, I might add, chanting, Channing and pissed off at the people that were inside of the building, I quote, because these people have made it deliberately so we don't have jobs. That's that's the words I heard. That's the words I got. I got it recorded, signed, sealed, and it will be delivered. Those are the things that I heard, and I'm going, you don't even know who those people are. I'm one of those people. You don't even get it. You don't even know what's going on. A lot of those people in that building are hardworking American citizens who just want want what's right for them and for you, by the way. But I didn't get in that argument because <laughs> I was outnumbered, and I didn't want to catch a beat down right there. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm sure I had some people that would have rocked with me, but, you know, I was out there in the crowd, and, you know, I had on the hard bottoms, you know, the dress shoes. We call them hard bottoms in the hood. So I had on the hard bottoms and – uh. You know, I wasn't looking to get into a scuffle in the hard bottoms. I hold my own, but I wasn't looking to get into a scuffle in the hard bottoms. So, but my my point is, there are a lot of different movements that are going on in the in the world. There are a lot of different movements that are going on in this country. So that's got to tell people who are who are in support of of, of total uh, government or, or who are in support of all government taking care of us. That's got to tell you something, guys. Y'all got to wake up and understand what's going on is not. Right. So why would we want more of the things that have destroyed this country for what it's worth, who have put us in the situations that we're in today, who have put us on a level where we're barely able to get by and we can't even afford to take care of ourselves in this country? Why would you want more of that? These movements didn't, outside of what you believe about them, see, one thing we know about for sure, Occupy Wall Street wasn't an anti-Tea Party. They wasn't created to be an anti-Tea Party group. The Tea Party wasn't created to be an anti-Occupy Wall Street group. These groups were created, and these people got together to stand against the, the, the government for the things that they're doing wrong for us in this country. But people just don't see it that way. People will stand you on the ground that what the president and the remainder of the government is doing and the Congress, what they're doing is absolutely right, and they need to do more of it so we all can be taken care of. But the part that they forget about is taking care of how they see fit. And if you want to know how they see it fit, you need to pay attention to what's going on with AFDC and food stamps. Look up those requirements. Look up those qualifications. Because they told you, this is the government way of telling you, here, this is what you deserve in a family of two, three, four, five, etc. They're telling you plain and simple, but you're not paying attention. The blueprint is there. It's in black and white, mandated by our government already. 
So you got to be a fool to think that you're going to get something better than that. For everybody out here to think the government health care is going to be somehow the sweetest thing on earth, look at Medicaid. And you tell me how, how good Medicaid is for somebody. You tell me that you go to the doctor with, with a Medicaid card and tell me what kind of treatment you're going to get. This is just reality, and we're not paying attention to it. I know I'm off on the tangent because it's a different topic on the show, but folks, y'all better wake up, man. For all you people out there that really believe that the government holds the key and they have the, have the key and the resources to take care of all of America, the better than what we see fit to take care of ourselves, you're a fool. You have to be a fool. The blueprint is there already. All you have to do is damn Google or look up the information and start reading it for your damn self because they're telling you how they're going to treat you right there in black and white. Those mandates aren't going to change. This healthcare bill ain't going to be the sweetest thing on earth. Do you think it's going to be any different than Medicaid? If it's that damn sweet, why aren't the senators, why aren't the damn Congress, why isn't the president willing to take these mandates for themselves? Why are they willing to give up their, their sweet deal of health care and their pay? Why are they willing to live under that criteria that they put out for other folks to live in? That's got to tell you something. Folks, do not be ignorant to the fact that they don't want you to have what they have. you got to start paying attention and be responsible for yourselves. Anyway, rest in peace, my man, Andrew Breitbart. I'm going to get off on that because we got to get the topic of the show going. I got to play a word for my man, Andrew Breitbart. Rest in peace. I hope you guys enjoy this. Please listen to it, and then we're going to get the ball rolling with the topic of the show. As you know, CPAC happened last week. CPAC is the conservative something, something, something conference. Um, You don't need to know more than this. This is sort of like uh, where conservatives go to make themselves feel like their views are in the mainstream as opposed to being uh, completely freakish. In fact, I think they also had a dating expert there to help them mate with each other um, to see if they could make their belief system even more virulent. So uh, apparently, Occupy, was it Occupy DC? Uh, They were calling it Occupy CPAC. Okay, so Occupy CPAC was outside chanting, protesting, and Andrew Breitbart, who, if I'm not mistaken, was going to boycott CPAC because of their radical anti-gay stance until they offered him a good speaking engagement and to fly him there. So, this, this you guy know, now. kudos to Andrew for having some measure of of integrity. Uh, that at least had a price. I can appreciate that. It doesn't seem like it was a very high one, but who knows? You know, um, this is coming off of the summer when Andrew Breitbart's big government sites, which um, have been in existence, I believe, for about six years, or maybe Breitbart.com or whatever it was. It's a whole mess of sites that generate their money through the incredible lucrative use of Google ads. Uh, And by lucrative, I mean not so lucrative. And his site is not, uh, it's trafficked, but not particularly overwhelming traffic. You know, he's completely dwarfed by uh, Daily Kos, let's say. And, you know, within the context of Huffington Post, I think 
I think the word is that uh, he wouldn't even be, uh, you know, a part of the most unpopular vertical of a Huffington Post. But um, in a surprisingly not publicized announcement, you can only find it in the filings, some private investor gave him $10 million after six years, I guess. After six years, if you can show you can attract Google ads, or in other words, you can embed the API code in your columns to get Google ads, someone will give you $10 million. And it's weird because Breitbart didn't, you know, when most websites, when they raise a round of venture capital, they announce it. He didn't announce it on his site. I wonder why. But that's not the craziest thing that we have to say about Breitbart today. The craziest thing to say about Breitbart today is if I didn't mention the name Breitbart, and I just said, I want you to hear this audio of a crazy person who was removed from an Occupy protest. You would listen to this audio and say, wow, that guy sounds crazy. And in fact, it is Andrew Breitbart. You can hear the protesters chanting. It's not that uncommon. People protest all the time. In fact, Breitbart showed up at... Uh, the Netroots Nation convention last um, last summer, uh, sort of they stalk it, I guess. And, you know, I can understand that. You're going there because there's cameras there and you want to get your message out. But I, I can only imagine if Marcos Melitsis or someone like myself was to act in the way that he acted, I, I think my parents would come and collect me or something. You know, time for an intervention. Because I'm really worried about a guy like this. I hope, I hope he doesn't have a license. Because I don't think a guy like this should be on the road. Listen to, you will hear Breitbart. He's the one who's doing his impersonation of, um, what was that, Mike Mar Myers' uh, character? Austin Powers. Austin Powers but a really poor one. Oh, behave. Ho, ho! Feedback has got to go! Away from the camera is because he's being dragged away by security. 
Because I think they thought he was some type of lunatic living in his car. And he has gone completely off the deep end here. Um, I imagine he is right now sitting somewhere at a desk writing in the margins in the tiny, tiny, you know, he's one of those guys who's handing out like a sheet of paper with writing on every square inch. Like, I have a whole document that they've all murdered. They've murdered people. Behave yourself. It, he sounds he sounds so crazy. It wouldn't put it past me if the next thing that came out of his mouth was it puts the lotion on its skin. And yes, it's it's not not that's good. The, it was just very weird. I mean, I think there's you know, uh, clinical psychologists could really diagnose diagnose this uh, better. But uh, the sort of rhythmic uh, behave yourself, behave yourself, and your murder. He called them murderers. Um. Very strange stuff, and I have to say that um, I think next stop for Breitbart is going to be a speaking tour with Victoria Jackson. Maybe there can be some type of debate. Which one of us is crazier? Do behave. <laughs> so I hope you guys paid attention. I hope you were really paying attention to that because had I told you guys I was going to play something like that and you are going to hear um, people absolutely go in on Breitbart, you would have never listened, you would have never called in the show, you would have never paid attention, you guys would have never logged on because here's something that I personally believe. I think that, and I'll be getting on the topic here in, in less than two minutes, but I think that people love the fact that they can they can continue to support each other when they believe in the things that they happen to believe in in common. Folks love to believe, when they believe in the same thing, they love to tickle each other's fancy. So that's why I played that audio so you guys could really understand what we have to face. Now, let me get this straight. Those two guys really went in, rest in peace on my man Andrew Breitbart. They went in on him because they personally think for him, the things that he said and standing up for himself and our common ground and our good and the respect, just moral, plain moral respect, that he's crazy. Meanwhile, you go to an event just to have a convention and you got thousands of crazy people outside who's ready to set it off, ready to get in the fight. So you got to ask yourselves, folks, when you're listening to the news and you listen to guys like that, when you listen to the media, why are they trying to paint people like that the bad guy? Why are they trying to paint people like Andrew Breitbart the bad guy? They were saying security was pulling them away. That was his people because he wasn't getting nowhere with these folks. It's amazing if you never really dig deep and you never really understand what's going on in, in society, you'll never get it. You'll only get one version of it. And once you get that one version, if you're not open-minded, you'll never see what's really going on in the world. And let me tell you, there's more going on in the world than most of you guys realize. Going to a commercial, I'll be right back with the topic of the night. You guys know what it is, man. You're rocking with the number one black conservative radio show online, Southeastern United States, the KRP radio show, WMMG's home of the KRP radio show. Make sure you log on, folks. We're coming with the topic in three minutes, KRPRadioShow.com. If you got a number, call us. If you got a phone, I'm sorry, give us a call, 619-638-8559 is the number. Please hit one if you got a comment, and we'll get you on as soon as possible. We want to discuss this thing, man. It's homosexual marriage. Anti-God. Is homosexual marriage wrong to God? Or is it just wrong to people who's hating? We also want to talk about a little bit of abortion. 
And we also want to talk about birth control You guys weigh in and let us know what you think And how you feel about it We'll be right back You're rocking with the KRRP Radio Show Yeah baby, if you're on Twitter At symbol KRRP Radio Show We'll get your comments We'll be right back after this message America, the NFL, and United Way are inspiring kids to get healthy and more active. Join the Play 60 movement. Pledge to Play 60 today at liveunited.org. Could switching to GEICO really save you 15% or more on car insurance? Did the little piggy cry wee, wee, wee all the way home? home. Oh, cool. Thanks, Mrs. A. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Sound Shoe, the number one online music tournament, encompasses seven different genres, including hip-hop, R&B, country, reggae, reggaeton, pop, rock, and gospel. Music artists, log on to SoundChew.com to compete for a chance to have exclusive access to music listeners across the globe. Build relationships with other music artists and music professionals, plus maximize your exposure and gain worldwide attention. Music listeners, log on now to enjoy new music from up-and-coming artists, then Vote for the songs you like best to ensure that your favorite artist wins. Also, check out the latest in music news. Music execs and producers scout music talent to find your next big star. Musicians and voters, sign up for SoundChew today. That's www.soundchew.com. S-O-U-N-D-C-H-E-W. Once again, that's www.soundchew.com. Welcome back to the KIRP Radio Show, man. We got to pay some bills, so you know how that goes. We got to go to a couple commercial breaks. But we're back, and we're ready to get in action, folks. I hope everybody know that this topic of this show on this evening will be probably very offensive um, to a lot of folks out there. I don't think a lot of people realize um, how serious this topic is and and what's at stake uh, in this country or, or maybe just right in your neighborhood. I don't think folks really understand what's going on. But, uh, you know, I hope that we can get some clarity in, uh, in in some of the beliefs and we can get some clarity in what's going on in the neighborhood and how some of you folks feel. The topic of this evening is homosexual marriage. Is it wrong to God? Um, we're also talking about birth control and abortion. If you guys can chime in on that, I would really lear- love to learn what you guys have to offer and uh, your opinions on, on the matter. Um 
you know, we're going to start and we're going to NY and I have a guest on the air, um, Chaplain Viviana. She's on the air and she's really going to help us out this evening and kind of sway the mood of the show. And uh, she also has some other individuals with her that's going to give us their comments. And um, you guys don't hold your tongue, man. 619-638-8559 is the number. Make sure you hit number one. If you got a comment, we'll get to you as soon as possible. Chaplain, how are you this evening? God bless you, brother. How's it going? It's going good, man. It, you know, God is blessing, as always, protecting me and, and, you know, keeping us alive and healthy out here in this environment. Amen, amen. As culture warriors, we have to stand for the Lord with no holes barred, but speaking the truth in love, but speaking the truth. It's very, excuse me, it's very important, um, or, or that's a very important point that you just made, and, and, and I think that's where we can start um, when you say God and love, um, when you talk about homosexual marriage, it's almost taboo to get on the topic to people because it, it immediately, if you're not for it, um, you're hating or you, you hate somebody or you just don't understand and you're not showing them love. Um, there have been a lot of priests or a, a lot of preachers or a lot of men and women of God out here that are in support. Um, of of these several marriage amendments that are going on throughout this country, um, can you weigh in and, and and maybe give us some understanding to this? Uh, uh, is 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 marriage homosexual marriage? Uh, how is is that frowned upon by God? The Lord has made He made um, a deliberate choice to make one man and one woman, Adam and Eve, in the Garden of Eden. He didn't make Adam and Eve, uh, Steve and Harry, or um, Brenda and Lucy. Okay, so he made it one man, one woman. He made it very, very clear that um, he blessed their union and that even anatomically you could see it works. The thing is that what God says is unnatural and immoral, and, and to me, I feel that love, will tell the truth. Hmm. This type of lifestyle is not um, uh, condoned by God, and those um, priests and those um, pastors that are saying that it is good, they are flying in the face of what God's wisdom has said in the Bible, and they are called what is now um, in the end times false prophets. Hmm. Wow. That's, that's a heavy. That's, that's the way it is. A, a, you know what? It's it's a very heavy statement. It's a very heavy statement, and uh, you know, I don't I don't even know where to go with this because these are some these are some very respected individuals um, that are coming in in support of um, just looking in North Carolina that are in support of the let, marriage amendment out here. Let Let me clarify, and and especially if they're listening, mm-hmm. brothers and sisters. As you're out there, the Lord says, to whom much is given, much is required. And if you fear man more than you fear God, or if you have an imbalanced uh, view of marriage, and then you say that man can marry man and woman can marry woman against biblical principles, you are going to be held responsible. God is not going to let you off the hook. And then secondly, Because this lifestyle, and that's one thing that they do not talk about, is very unhealthy. You have 
a higher rate of um, domestic partner violence. You have a higher rate, and I'm not saying in all of the relationships. You have a higher rate also of STDs because there's a lot of um, uh, going out on the partner. There's more of like an open marriage, you know, that type of relationship. And I call it marriage very loosely because Mm -hmm. the only thing that God calls marriage is a union between one man and one woman. But God said in the last days, brother, that we will uh, just, uh, what do you call it? We will cause ourselves or call ourselves wiser than God. And um, there's a book that I'm reading that was recommended by my, my sisters called The Harbinger. And it is very clear. It's by Jonathan Kahn. And it talks about the fact that the United States is in a, a crux of decision. Either they're going to believe God and follow his principles, or they're going to be judged by God. One of the things that happened to the Roman Empire is when they got into rampant homosexuality and calling what was wrong right and what was right wrong and disregarding God, then God took the cover off of protection and he posed judgment. Now, if he judged Sodom and Gomorrah, like one of my sisters in the Lord says, Mm -hmm. what in the world is he going to do? And you have mentioned, Brother Pudgy, about abortion. Mm -hmm. People have to understand that abortion is the taking of a human life, period. I believe, and I believe that the Bible says that in uh, Psalm, I think it's 139, God knew us before we were even conceived in our mother's womb. And when we have a decision to make is prior to intimacy, Once the intimacy has happened and conception takes place, we have a moral responsibility to either carry that child to term and raise it ourselves or offer it up to a reputable um, adoption agency because there are some people that cannot have children. Sure. But they must not, must not, because that child has a destiny. They must not dispose of a human life. Wow, that's heavy. And uh, for what I know, it that that's truth. And um, that that scripture, I think it's Jeremiah one and five. Before I formed yeah. you in the womb, I knew you. And uh, and, and it and it says even more. Um, if we can get that up here, I will read the whole thing. But Praise you the know, Lord. here's what's uh, amazing to me on the on the topic of uh, our gay marriage. And I don't mean to cast any stones. I'm, I'm not trying to throw any stones mm-hmm. at people, and, and I'm trying my best to play devil's advocate here uh, mm-hmm. the best that I can. And, I, I, you know, I'm not in support of gay marriage. I'm also not in support of, of a lot of government mandates. So I sit somewhere mm-hmm. in the middle only believing in, you know, my God. <laughs> you know, I only mm-hmm. believe in my scripture, and that's all I can, you know, revert back to. Policy is one thing, you know, Personal responsibility and individuality and choices is another thing. So, you know, I'm torn between the two. Now, I don't support gay marriage at all whatsoever, and not even the premise of it. But I also don't Mm -hmm. support the legislation of mandating to people what they can or can't do. So I think there are a lot of people that that sit in the – I won't even say sit in the middle. There are a lot of people that are dealing with just those issues. Where do you go and uh, how do you – 
first of all, okay, I choose God over all. But for people out there who are torn between right. the two because they have family members who who right. are gay and and they want to be married and they're like, we shouldn't be in the bedroom of of two individuals. How wh- how do you console oh. them? What what would you tell those people to help them out to help okay. them see? What I believe and and I'm supported by the scriptures is the fact that. God supports man and woman married, okay? I'm not saying that people might not have a tendency towards homosexuality or lesbianism, but there's a difference between having a tendency and giving that tendency unto God and living a pure, holy life. Mm -hmm. When we say to our family members something about, oh, I have so much compassion for you that you... You know, you should have the ability, but you're violating God's principles. It says in the scriptures that homosexuals will not inherit the kingdom of God. And I'm not saying homosexuals with the tendency. It's homosexuals or lesbians that continue to live that lifestyle and fly in the face of God saying, I don't need your Jesus. I don't need your rules. I want to do what I want to do. It affects children. It affects the marital um, uh, relationship. Those people that say, oh, no, no, guess what? They put the nose of the camel in by saying, we just want same-sex, what is it? uh, um, Civil unions? The civil union. Mm -hmm. Once they got civil unions, then they say, oh, no, civil unions isn't enough. Um, We want to start adopting kids. And those children are put in situations where, they are not shown the two different, um, uh, what do you call it, characteristics of what a man is and what a woman is. There are some things that are complementary in terms of, you know, being, um, uh, say, compassionate and things like that. But men have certain characteristics given to them by God, and women have certain characteristics given to them by God. Sure. But because they don't want to listen, they want to say, oh, but guess what? In a homosexual couple, there's always the one that acts more like a man and the one that acts more like a woman. So give me a break. And I'm not it. trying to be insensitive. No, no, no. I'm I, just I saying you want to do your own thing, but you're telling God, I know better than you, God. And what happens is internally you have turmoil. And God doesn't want you to have the turmoil. God wants you to come to peace with him, and he will give you the strength to move out of the homosexual lifestyle if you seek him with all your heart. I have a... uh... Brother? And uh, Woody says, uh, even though I respect people who believe in God, what if we don't believe in God and... What if I doesn't? What if I don't? I guess he has. I doesn't. I guess he's saying if. What if we don't believe in God? And what if I don't want to live under your God's authority? Okay. The thing is that when you look at um, when you look at nature, when you look at the stars in the sky, and the sun that rises up every day, and the moon that comes out by night, when you see the trees that like an oak tree is an oak tree. In New York, as an oak tree in California, there is an intelligent design, my brother. Whoever mm-hmm. gave that question, I love you, God loves you. And whether you want to believe in that God or not, he exists. 
And he wants you not, he doesn't want to force you to believe in him. He wants you to look for him with your whole heart. I challenge that person and say, God, if you're real, show me you're real. And I'm, I'm tired of rebelling against you. Okay, and mm-hmm. it's not my God. It is the God of the universe. There is a God, and one day we're all going to have to be accountable to him. Wow, that's deep, man, and, and I hope that answers your question, Woody. We got another caller from the 718. Um, caller 936 is your last three. I have quite a few 718, but 936 is your uh, last three. You're on the air with Pudgy. How are you? Hi, Brother Pudgy. This is Sister Pearl calling Hi, from Sister New Pearl. York. Beautiful. Hey, I, I'm a friend of uh, Chaplain Viviana. Okay, beautiful, beautiful. Um, Listen, well, let me just um, ask you, what, what's your take on, sure. on the topic? Well, my take on the topic is that God knows best. And um, I'm still thinking about your friend that, well, not your personal friend, but the person that just uh, maybe sent, what did he do, send you a tweet or yeah, uh, whatever? Through email, K-I-R-P-Ready-For-Gmail.com, okay. by the way, folks. Got you. And he says, well, what, what if I don't want to believe in your God? Well, everybody has a right. Uh, they don't have to believe in God. We have free will. God gives us free will. The thing of it is, is that, it's not always just about us. And I think in America, I spent a lot of years in a communist nation. Let me just mm-hmm. put it out there. So I come with, um, I was born and raised in the Bronx, but um, I have more of a global perspective on a lot of things. Sure. Um, it's not just always about us. In America, it's always about us. And, you know, well, well, well I necessarily don't agree. And so... Let me just do my own thing. We can do our own thing, but we're going to have to pay the consequence. And not only that, one of the biggest aspects of this whole topic of um, same-sex marriage is that I don't know how it is in the state where you're from, Brother Pudgy, but I know in New York they have been giving children to same-sex couples even prior, years prior to the legalization of same-sex marriage. How is it in your state? Is it the same? No, no, not not um, not as of yet. Not as of okay. yet. Okay. Well, unfortunately, they've been doing it here, and that's that's another whole question. So it's not just about um, individuals involved in same-sex relationships, but at the end of the day, these individuals want to, and um, that's a a huge topic that I don't really see our nation taking seriously. Mm. Like I said, in New York, they've been. Um, granting same-sex couples to adopt children. And the whole question is, is how is that affecting children? Well, here's, here's, a, here's an interesting question that, that I pose um, to both you ladies because I'm, I'm very curious about uh, what happens as a society uh, once homosexual marriage has been passed. Because if you look at the stats, over 70% of uh, same-sex marriage that have been legalized uh, mm-hmm. Didn't last more than five years Or well, it says three to five actually So I'm wondering what would happen to a society If these laws are passed And could it well indeed affect our society negatively? I believe it um, could affect it extremely negatively If I get an opportunity I think it's going to affect it extremely negatively uh, I know in New York it's already doing that A lot of it One of the famous people It's not a secret so I'm not I'm not getting into anybody's business Is um uh, a, a famous woman that's been on the television I believe her name is uh, Rosie O'Donnell mm-hmm. 
She has adopted uh, female children as well as male children. Well, one of her little boys told her, Mom, I would like a dad. And she responded to him, well, as long as I'm your mother, you'll never have a father. Wow. It's just wow. natural for, and that's just that's just a fact of life. It's just natural for any child, whether they're in uh, a, ho- a household of same-sex uh, parents or in their household of a single mom or single dad, a child just instinctive, instinctively wants to be raised, if at all possible, uh, in a good home with a mother and a father. And I believe that's because that's the way that God just designed us, made us. So automatically, any child put in with two, a lot of times uh, men would adopt a little girl. So that child now is going to be raised in a household with two men. They don't have a clue about what it is to be a little girl. They, you know, when that child gets to a certain age and, and she's starting to go into womanhood, they got to be dealing with that child. Of course, you know, this is so not normal. Same thing with a little boy being raised by two women. There's a case right now in California where there are two lesbians that are raising a, a, a little boy. I believe he's about eight years old. They've already said that this child has declared to them that he wants to be a woman. Well, how does an eight-year-old child know that he wants to be a woman? These lesbian parents, quote-unquote parents, have gone to the extent that they're having this child injected with certain kinds of blocker drugs that will inhibit him from normal development into a boy child, into a teenage boy, and into manhood, because they're saying that at a certain time that you know he's going to probably get an operation to be changed into a woman. And actually, California has not even locked up these two women. They're allowing them to do that. They're allowing a doctor to 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 give him these blocker drugs. This is where we're going, brother Pudgy. It's 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 a lot more than just two men being free to to marry or two women being free to marry. They want to bring in children in, involved in this. The other point of it is is that two men on their own can never uh, give birth or conceive of a child. Two women on their own by themselves without the help of some sperm from a man, they can never have a child. So, I mean, just by natural causes, this is unnatural. But here we're trying to legislate something that's not natural. And this is, you know, it's it's Uh almost like the elephant in the room that nobody wants to talk about. (laughs) And one thing, and I thoroughly agree with Sister Pearl, uh, we have two uh, societies that have already been impacted. You have the Netherlands who started this trek a long, long time ago. And what has happened in the Netherlands is that the rate of out of wedlock marriages has um, uh, lessened because they don't see the importance of marriage between one man and one woman. You have even a party for pedophiles that has started saying, well, if you can have one man, I mean, two men together, what they've changed the um, the definition of what marriage is. So they have um, people that are saying, well, I want to have sex with a little boy or a little girl. You have Middle Eastern countries where you have uh, older men that the prize of their existence is to have a girl bride child. And that could be as early as seven years old. 
They claim that that child is not touched until puberty, but who knows if they're under the person's um, uh, roof. And then uh, thirdly, we have in California the fact that they're not even allowed to say mother and father now. They only can say parent or custodial adult. In the public um, school they're, system. They're, they're not saying that we want a right to have, but we're going to force it down your throat that you can't even have because it offends me if you say mother and father. Here in New York City, my brother, they have even said that they don't even want, in one school that I know specifically, they do not want the parents, uh, or rather the children, doing Mother Day, Mother's Day cards because they feel it's offensive to those couples that are, are different, quote-unquote. They have books being introduced by the, the um, uh, forced indoctrination in Massachusetts. They're saying that a parent can't even opt out of that type of pro-homosexual, pro-lesbian training, and parents who who um, object to it, um, there were two sets of parents. They were actually jailed four four years ago for for saying, "We want our rights now." They won't jail people that that get naked in the street during a gay pride parade, but they'll jail the parent in Massachusetts who says, "I want assurances that my child can opt out of this." type of, of um, training for pro-homosexual lifestyle. Mm-hmm. You know, as I, as I sit here, and, and I definitely agree with you guys, it is so very, very hard to play devil's advocate for a topic such as this. And it, and it is very important because this is reality. This is what we face. Um, it we, we will not be able to close our eyes and it go away. You won't be able to turn your back and just forget about it. This is something that we're going to have to face, and, and I think repeatedly, I don't think it will be uh, uh, added to a, a bill, and then we vote on it, and then it's over. I think that this is something that it's progressing, and it's uh, it has been progressing for a number of years. So I think it's something that we're going to face uh, uh, possibly forever. So um, going forward, you know, you think about the future of the things um, that we're fighting for today as adults. The children seem to be a little bit more free-spirited than what we are. So, you know, I'm looking at the things that the kids do and, and, and the music videos and even the clothes, and uh, it seems like today uh, trends and fads just don't last that long anymore, even when it comes to, uh, you know, uh, uh, sports. You know, kids, they get they get very tired of things very fast. So I'm wondering, when you add the two together, when you add – uh, uh, same-sex marriage to how bored the kids get and, and, and how unfocused they are on certain things and things that are that are sometimes very important. But if you add those together, is this what is going to come of this amendment? Is it going to come of something that is going to pass but that will may possibly just fade away? Or is it something more serious well, than that? Well, this is, a, this is a nationwide agenda and it is a worldwide agenda, okay, so this is something that people of good will and conscience have to look at way far in advance. All the things that are going to be coming up like a freight train. And the thing is that we have this really, um, to me, short-sighted look like I don't have anything. I don't have a dog in this fight. I don't have anybody 
that that is um, affected by this. So I don't care what happens. Let me tell you, what happens is our responsibility. If we fail to protect our children, then there is what's called Brother Pudgy, and it's been put into our um, congressional record. It's called the Homosexual Manifesto. If anybody gets on Google, they put Homosexual Manifesto, and in there, I think it was 1950, they had already laid out their scheme, you know, and this is talking about radical homosexuals. There are people, and I have had friends, where that wasn't their intent at all, but there is a whole radical homosexual agenda that mm-hmm. were in your face. That's what turned, um, as a matter of fact, that's what turned the military, uh, don't ask, don't tell, you know, uh, upside down. Um, and this agenda is like we are going to uh, basically go into the schools and get your kids. We're going to go into the army. We're going to go into your churches. You know, we are going to um, make sure that your um, feeble-minded um, children come and turn to us for their comfort. I tell you, it blew my mind, Brother Pudgy, and I, t- I pride myself in, in terms of being a voice for, for what is going on in the culture to defend what God has laid down as principles, and I do not exaggerate. If I'm ever wrong, I always go back and I mm-hmm. tell, but this is in our congressional record, Brother Pudgy. So their intent has already been laid out. Now they're doing the scheme. When do we have uh, on sitcoms, you have to require to have a a homosexual couple almost on every sitcom or to, to say, oh, if those religious bigots, we're not haters. We have a worldview, and right now it is under fire. The Christian, Judeo-Christian worldview is under fire because if the Judeo-Christian worldview is not in a firm foundation in society, then they can do what they want. But we're here to tell them, you're not going to turn it upside down. God says, occupy until he comes, and we are going to stand firmly in love, telling the truth, and we're not going to let them just run over us like a freight train. Wow. I like that right there. We're going to go to a break, and we're going to come back. I want to talk about abortion a little more because uh, there have been some things that's been going on with, with the abortion topic. And, uh, you know, we can carry on with this conversation, too, because I, I don't, I just don't, I feel uneasy because, we, you know, I don't have someone on here uh, that can actually defend um, the feelings that they have or, or, or their intuition on the topic. You know, I, I don't I don't feel guilty, but I feel a little uneasy because I would like to hear more from someone who supports. I can do uh, both sides on that one. Right. I you know, know so, people who went through that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it is what it is, man. You're rocking with the KIRP radio show. We'll be back after this commercial. 619-638-8559. I'm on the air with Chaplain Viviana, and she's rocking with the KRRP radio show. Very B-I-G in my book, baby. We are warriors, folks. That's all I can tell you, man. We are warriors. You can't give up. You got to hold on. You got to stay strong, and you got to believe in the truth. We'll be right back after these messages.
across America, the NFL and United Way are inspiring kids to get healthy and more active. Join the Play 60 movement. Pledge to Play 60 today at liveunited.org. Sound Shoe, the number one online music tournament, encompasses seven different genres, including hip-hop, R&B, country, reggae, reggaeton, pop, rock, and gospel. Music artists, log on to SoundChew.com to compete for a chance to have exclusive access to music listeners across the globe. Build relationships with other music artists and music professionals, plus maximize your exposure and gain worldwide attention. Music listeners, log on now to enjoy new music from up-and-coming artists that Vote for the songs you like best to ensure that your favorite artist wins. Also, check out the latest in music news. Music execs and producers, scout music talent to find your next big star. Musicians and voters, sign up for SoundChew today. That's www.soundchew.com. S-O-U-N-D-C-H-E-W. Once again, that's www.soundchew.com, the number one online music tournament. Could switching to GEICO really save you 15% or more on car insurance? Did the little piggy cry wee, wee, wee all the way home? Your home. Oh, cool. Thanks, Mrs. A. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. For all your trucking needs, make sure you contact Allen's Trucking LLC. That's Allen's Trucking LLC, owner Brian Allen and BA Welding Incorporated. For all your trucking or your welding needs or transportation needs across the country, make sure you contact Allen's Trucking LLC out of Winston-Salem, North Carolina. Their number is 919-426-5455. Again, 919-426-5455. If you have transportation needs and you need to get your equipment there on time, make sure you contact Allen's Trucking LLC. You know who it is without a doubt and hesitation. If money talks, I got my masters in communication. But I don't run it, I run it for a hundred. Ever since I wasn't young and been hungry, it's Paul Bunyan. Bunyan been so fixed to plumbing. I'm a beast in the game, you run it. And if this ain't what you call hip hop, it must be bungee jumping. East side on my arm. Three stripes on my sneakers, and even if they slip us, they better be Adidas. Sixty thousand North Carolina families are affected by autism. One out of every one hundred ten children born today will be diagnosed with autism. If you have any questions or need support, we can help. The Autism Society of North Carolina can be reached at eight hundred four four two. Two seven six two. Again, that's eight hundred four four two two seven six two. Remember, sixty thousand North Carolina families are affected by autism, and one out of every one hundred ten children born will be diagnosed with autism as well. If you need to reach them by the web, the address is www.autismsociety-nc.org. You can also reach them on Facebook, Twitter, and you can reach them on YouTube. Love somebody today.
science of success proved when you drink Dr. Pepper slow, the 23 flavors taste even better. For me, slow always produces a hit. Slow is better. Trust me. Are you a high school senior in a public high school in Durham County, North Carolina, or Orange County, North Carolina, and you're headed to a historically black college or university? Or are you a high school senior in Iredell County, North Carolina, and you're headed to Catawba Community College? If you meet any of these three qualifications, go to emmascholarship.org. Find out how you can get your free money for college today. E-M-M-A scholarship.org. Welcome back from the commercial break, folks. 9.40 p.m. You're rocking with the KIRP radio show. 619-638-8559 is your number. You can also hit us up on your radio. I'm sorry, on your internet at KIRPRadioshow.com to listen to the show live. We're also on YouTube, folks, so check us out on iTunes. I'm sorry, we're also on iTunes. Podcast, KIRP radio show. Three words. Make sure you search us out, man. We're really growing over 260,100 listeners and supporters, more than 2 million contributors out there who's who's listening to the show at least one time or another. So shout out to all you guys. You are B-I-G in my book. I just want to take one moment to give some shout outs. You know how we do it, folks. Every week we ask you guys to uh, send us your shout outs, and we have quite the list, so I will get to the ones that I can get to. And uh, I definitely appreciate you guys rocking with the show. I'll rehab this time. Come back before the end of the show. We'll get some more in there because, you know, I appreciate you guys rocking with your boy. Also, if you're on Twitter, hit us up, at symbol K-I-R-P radio show, at symbol N-C Pudgy is me. And uh, I'm always looking for your comments, always looking for your facts and your knowledge and your ideas on shows and what may have you. I appreciate the support you guys show us. Um, on a shout out, got to give a shout out to my man Kevin Watkins. He would like to give a shout out, and, and he's an avid listener, by the way. Probably one of the best listeners out there. So shout out to you, Kevin, uh, a major supporter. Kevin definitely want to give a shout out. He said, uh, uh, "I'm sorry about the sound right there," but he gives a shout out to his whole family, everybody who's listening to the show. Um, also a B.I.G. shout out to Andrew Breitbart He said Andrew Breitbart was a warrior It would be a good description for Andrew Breitbart So shout out to you He also says may he rest in peace Shout out to my man Jerry Nelson North Carolina Twitty family Twitty family Indianapolis uh, Twitty family The Nelson family The Gaddis family The Birds family Big shout out to all the loved ones So shout out to you my man Jerry Nelson Also got to give a shout out to Shawnee Anderson, Rachel Simone Brianna Noel, 
Um, let's see. I'm sorry, folks. I'm getting lost. We got so many here. Chris Harris, uh, Lawanda Chanel, Live and Learn. Shout out to my man, Fareed S. Johnson. Jersey's in the house. NYC's in the house also. Shout out to Talisha Hines, Cynthia Highsmith, Sharon Highsmith, uh, M. Bella. Also give a shout out to Radio 88 at Twitter. Um, all my host of Twitter fans out there, I'll get the Twitter shout-outs later. Shout-out to Zan Bun, Kevin Daniels, Sonny Johnson, my man Lenny McAllister, and a host of more other people out there. Moving on with the show because I have more support for my artillery, for my rifle. Um, right now on the air with us is uh, Chaplain Aisha also calling Frederick Douglass Foundation, New York City, President Tay, holding us down, showing us some love. Aisha, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I am beautiful and I'm welcome. I'm I'm blessed to have you guys on the air. We also have Chaplain Viviana back on the air with us and she's gonna show some love to us. Chaplain, you still with us? I'm still with you and go Aisha. I'm part of Frederick Douglass as well. Hey. It's a fine organization, <laughs> I tell you. So I, I, I yes. salute my president of New York State. <laughs> all right, all right. Hi, Chaplain Viviana. FDF in the house, man. So, you know, Frederick Douglass Foundation, for you guys who want to know more information about it, I know I'm from North Carolina, so I'll give you guys a North Carolina web address. That's TFDFNC, I'm sorry, FDFNC.org. Aisha, would you please give them the New York address, if you don't mind? Uh, it's just FDFNY.org. We keep it simple. <laughs> FDFNY, keeping it simple. Want you guys to log on there, man, see how you can help, see how you can support, see how you can join the movement, and learn more about the organization, man. Another B.I.G. shout-out to Christina Williams. Shout-out to you, man. Thanks for holding us down. Moving right along, ladies. You know, this this is a very complex topic of this show because we don't – I'm not saying we don't have anyone to argue with, but we don't have anyone that actually, actually wholeheartedly supports uh, uh, homosexual marriage and, and and I get the premise of what they're saying, and, and a lot of people are saying, hey, we don't have any rights. We want equal rights. We want the same rights as heterosexual uh, individuals. What do you say to someone who comes at you like that? Aisha, I want to ask you, what do you say to someone who says, you know what, I understand what you're saying about God, but I'm talking about our rights, and we don't have any uh, uh, homosexual rights? Well, I, I, that's uh, that's twofold. Uh, for me, uh, the first one is um, marriage in itself isn't a, is a discriminatory institution. I mean, you you can't get married at six uh, and nine. You know, you can't you know do those types of things. You you can't marry your dog. You know, there's rules that are around marriage. So no matter how you look at it, it's going to be a discriminatory. Uh, you know, I mean, in itself, that's that's what it was said. It was meant to be one man, one woman at one time for life. And, you know, whether or not people hold to that or not, that's a whole other story. The other part of that, though, is that you you can have the same, I guess, quote, unquote, rights, if you want to, you know, call it that. Uh, you can set up a proxy as far as, you know, like they talk about a lot of, uh, you know, going into the hospital and stuff. You can set those types of things up. You can have a contract saying that you want to will uh, your possessions to to another person. It doesn't have to be a spouse. So you can, there are a lot of things legally that you can do as, you know, a gay couple to mimic what is already done in marriage. 
So to say that, you know, those rights are being taken away, that's not the case. The only people's rights that are being taken away are those rights of mine, my religious freedoms and my rights as a Christian to say marriage is something that has been instituted by God and and we are the ones that created that institution. Without the foundation and that biblical foundation, there was no marriage before that. And it wasn't until, you know, the state, you know, originally wanted to get religion out of marriage that they then came along and said, okay, the state will start doing it so that you can take the religious aspect out of marriage to begin with. So that's, you know, that's kind of where I start with if somebody were to come with me, come to me uh, at at that angle, which they often do. (laughs) Well, that's a lot. (laughs) That's a lot. And uh, I can't. I can't refute what you're saying because I actually believe what you're saying. Um, let, let me let me let me just let me move ahead. I can refute here. what I'm saying, but I'm not gonna. <laughs> if I could just interject like two more points, brother. Sure, you can. Absolutely. Okay. Um, you have the rights of children that are being affected. How is it that they can? Their rights are disrespected. I, you know, it's like if, like that young boy that said to Rosie O'Donnell, I want a daddy. Okay, so we can't just be selfish in our own rights. And number two is whenever the, the um, vote has gone to the general pu- uh, public in a state, it has mm-hmm. always, always gone no on same-sex marriage. So the rights that are being taken away from us is that we're being called haters instead of saying we have a principled belief that marriage should be between one woman and and uh, one man. So we're the ones right now in the culture that our rights are being taken away. And um, like Aisha said, Chaplain Aisha made very good points. You have a will. You can decree your goods to your other partner. You have um, the uh, uh, the right for medical proxy. So, you know, these are things that are put in there just, you know, to to obscure the real agenda. Sure. And, and, you know, and as well, you know, I just wanted to interject too, you know, and we are talking about, you know, if, if we're being realistic about this, uh, less than 2% of the population of gay is, is gay. And on top of that, less then a half of percent of that 2% actually cares about getting married. So if we want to, you know, live in realityville, we are talking about redefining a culture and putting us down, you know, not just a slippery slope, but completely negating who we are as people for, you know, 0.0003% of the population. You know, so, you know, we we really have to be clear about that. You know, we do a whole series and we talk about homosexuality and death. And if we talk about all of the issues that are around homosexuality, and, and of course, you know, we're not just talking about that's not the only sexual sin, you know, but because they're most vocal about things, then we do. We, we have to start talking about the practicalness of what we're saying with homosexuality and what it means to us as a society. It's not about, you know, hating on anyone or... or trying to keep somebody from being happy. You have the right to live whatever life you want, according sure. to God. That, that That's your right to do that, and, and that's fine. But you also have to live with whatever consequences come along with that, and we all have to do that. And if we don't start as a society, start having very real conversations about what we're saying, then 
we are going to fall into oblivion and, and our society is going to just completely disintegrate from the inside out. There's a lot of things going on here and, and, you know, people just aren't really getting the clarity of what they're facing. You know, for example, there are a lot of folks that's just not paying attention and they only look at this as a surface issue. And, and I think that's the, I think that's the biggest battle that we face. Um, um, people who want to keep God in everything that we do, you know, that's the foundation of this country. So we want to keep that. We want to quote unquote, take this country back, you know, but when we use terms like that, um, people equate that to tea party and being racist and and this, that, and the third and us being haters. And, you know, there's a big problem going on with this country. And, and the majority of it is education on topics like this and others. Folks don't have the education of it. They don't care to have it. And when it comes up for voting, they're going to vote outside of what they believe, that people just don't vote with their spiritual aspect of life. And I don't understand why people can't vote with their faith. I don't don't, don't get that, you know. Yeah, and they should. I think that people just vote based on emotion, you know. And and I'll be honest with you, you know, as far as this topic goes, uh, keeping with the gay issue, I grew up in Key West, Florida, okay? I grew up in the gay community, and I, quite honestly, I'm very comfortable around gays. I know a lot of people, you know, like, if, you know, if you're not for gay marriage and stuff, you know, that that might not be the case. But, you know, my, you know, I, I know the gay community very well, and I am also, you know, they know where I stand, in my beliefs, but they also know that I'm consistent. And most of the time I don't lose my gay friends, you know, because that's yeah. not my goal. My goal is to share with them. I don't talk to them about, you know, it's wrong to get married and stuff like that. It's not right. generally what it is, right? We want to talk to them about Jesus Christ because if they're not saved, they have a lot bigger issue going on than the fact that they're gay. They're going to hell that's right. because they're not <laughs> saved. So, you know, we we as Christians also have to do our due diligence to say, you know, this isn't about, you know, one sin is worse than another sin because it's not. Somebody could be, you know, if I'm a hooker, I'm a liar, I'm a whatever, you know, there's lots of things that I do. I'm not a perfect person. And I can go to someone and say, hey, I don't live the perfect life either, and my sins are no no more than yours are. We're the same in that regard. But what I'm saying to you is let me share to you the love of Christ and then Hopefully through that, the conviction of the Holy Spirit comes. But a lot of times, you know, the gay community does feel like, oh, we're being ostracized. And I think that we as Christians, we can do a better. Yeah, we don't talk about, you know, two people living in sin, you know. And they're mm-hmm. like, oh, well, that's a sin. You know, I'm talking all sexual sins. It's not just this. That's fine. The, the The fruition of of, of homosexual marriage is because we stopped talking about abstinence, because we stopped talking about people living in sin, because mm-hmm. we stopped saying, hey, you shouldn't be sleeping with five, six people. You know what I mean? All of these other things. And the end result is now this homosexual issue. So sure, if you want, you know, I'll talk about all of them, obviously, but a lot of people don't. They just want to talk about the homosexual issue without talking about the fact that, hey, you're actually shacking up with someone, and that's a sin too. So we have to get back to the basics as well. And I'm going to say one last thing, and then I'm going to stop and let you talk. I'm sorry. But, you know, there's a great quote Frederick Douglass said. 
I have one great political idea. That idea is an old one. The best expression of it I have found is in the Bible. It is in, it is in substance. Righteousness exalteth a nation. Sin is a repro- okay. reproach to any people, Proverbs 14.31. And this constitutes my politics, the negative and the po- positive of my politics and the whole of my politics. I feel it my duty to do all in my power to infuse this idea into the public mind that mm-hmm. it may speedily be recognized and practiced upon our people. And all I want to say. Wow. <laughs> uh, uh, uh. That's my man. I'm oh, afraid oh. of this guy. <laughs> Definitely afraid of Douglas guy. You, you know what? Let me let me ask you guys both something. And I wanted to move on, and, and we will here in just a second, but talking about the love, because here's something that I say very often, and, you know, as, as being a non-supporter of homosexual marriage, I think that even though I don't support that institution, I think it's very important that everybody should be shown the proper love and understanding, um, especially from a spiritual aspect. So when it comes to um, not supporting something that people believe, is that part of the reason why a lot of pastors support this premise? Because I haven't found, you know, a a lot of them back it by the civil issue, which really doesn't make sense to me, but um, a, a lot of them back homosexual marriage by supporting the civil issue but does not God's law outweigh the civility of people or what we believe is civil? The the Lord um, has certain principles in place to protect us. Mm-hmm. He's not a killjoy. And as, like I said, anatomically, it doesn't weigh out. Nature's law lets people know it doesn't weigh out. And sometimes the love um, that constrains us, lets us be honest with the individual and saying, that's not right. We don't allow, uh, for example, uh, you have a a situation where, you know, stealing is wrong. Somebody might have a propensity to steal. So you're going to tell him in love, that's not something you need to do. If the culture tells you one thing and it is against God's law, it doesn't matter how many people want to believe it or support it. If God says no, it is no. And it, it, it's very important for us as a society not to fly in the face of God. Fear of God, in the scripture says, is the beginning of wisdom. So when we share these things, we're doing it in love for the betterment of society. And, and Brother Pudgy, I'm so glad that you have this topic because I have a friend, and she has witnessed in New York. She said as a child raised in a homosexual uh, lesbian home, she had two mommies. She saw more things going on when she was little than she should have. She also said that she was molested by her mother's friends, female friends. And there's a lot of things happening behind closed doors. Mm. When you take away sexual restraint, my brother, the sexuality overtakes you. And sometimes, unfortunately, there is secret sin in the church There are some pastors, there are some deacons, there are members in the church Mm -hmm. that are doing this secretly behind closed doors, and that is another reason. Or 
we have a very um, uh, loving situation between, uh, say, a father and a daughter, and because that daughter is is lesbian in orientation, that's what she's chosen, the pastor doesn't want to be looked upon as hating his own child. Mm -hmm. The love says, I will support my child and I will respect her, but I love her enough to say, God does not want you to stay that way. Wow. I don't uh I I don't hate people, man. I just I need to just come out and say that because I know there'll be a lot of people playing this back and they're gonna use it for their own personal benefit. And and you know that and and that's fine by me. You know what I mean? I I don't think anybody here hates people. I think we're just trying to get not only our point of view across, but God's point of view across and, and if I may again say for which this country was built upon. So right. a, a, a lot of things that are changing in society today, it seems like it, are going against God's origin, God's intent, and God's law. And and yeah. those two shouldn't conflict. We make them conflict with things of this nature and, and that we have to face. And, and, and you got to remember, God has already faced this. He's shown us how he dealt with it. So if he's shown us how he's dealt with it, it should be pretty clear how we should deal with it. I mean, at the same time, it's like, you know, you spank your kids because they've done wrong and teach them, hey, you don't do this again. This is an absolutely zero tolerance no-no. And by the way, that should be the last resort in most cases, a pop here and there, a tell no, you because you have to teach your kids. So that doesn't mean you don't love them. Uh-huh. We've been painted in society because we're against this uh, homosexual marriage and the premise of it that we don't that they they're not loved by people like us. But the fact of the matter is we love them more, and that's the reason we don't outright support it. That's the reason we don't mind our own business and turn our back and say, you know what, you guys do what you want to do. And besides that, it's going to affect everybody in a society, everybody in the community. And I just don't see the proper makeup of it. There are a lot of my friends that think. You know, don't bother people. Just mind your own business. They should be able to get married if they want to. Two women can but raise you know a proper though? child and, and two men as well. And and I just personally don't believe that having five kids of my own, one daughter and four boys, I know for a fact that my wife couldn't give them and offer them the things that I do. Or, or my older son's mother couldn't offer him the things that I do. And I know that I can't offer my daughter things that she has to go through that my wife can. It's M. Possible, and you know, and, and that's a false premise too. When people say that, because I love that, you know, I, I, I personally I love it when people say that. When they say, "Oh, we should leave people alone, what they do behind closed doors and in their own bedroom," right? That's when we hear a lot, and uh, you know that it's none of the government's business. But you know, that's a false premise right from the beginning. And I say, well, okay, if that's what you believe, then that means that you're saying that a guy can rape a woman as long as he's in her bedroom. Right, as long as he brings her to his house and, and does it in his bedroom, it's okay. You can mm. have sex with a six-year-old in your own bedroom as long as you shut the door and it's behind your own doors. The government is in these things, and for someone, when people come out and say that, that's just not the truth, you know. And we have to shut things down on a very fundamental level and say, if you, but if somebody's honestly saying that, 
then then okay, more power is she. I see where you're coming from. But if I go to some, you know, you say, well, so is that what you're saying? Are you saying that as long as somebody does something in their own bedroom, that it makes it okay? That then we have no right to say anything. And then of course, you know, they come back and they'll say, well, no, because it's illegal. For well, how is it illegal? Said who? Where, you know, where did it be? Isn't that a government law? Didn't the people make that illegal? Well, yeah, but, you know, so isn't, our, isn't that what we do is we change laws and we go back and forth as a society depending on how moral we draw the moral line. And we say, hey, that's gone too far. And we have the right to do that, abortion, you know, all, all of these different issues. So we really have to start doing that. You know, we have to start frame, not, stop letting them frame the, the way that we have the discussion and come sure. back to the basics of what they're saying. And once we're able to do that, that's when we're going to be able to have real conversations and bring it back to the word of God, because that's, you know, obvi- I mean, that's always my thing that I'm trying to do, not everyone, but there's plenty of people that are, you know, atheists and, and, and such that are also against uh, homosexual marriage. You would mm-hmm. not think that by the way the media puts it out there. But, you know, as, as Chaplain Vivian had just said, you know, when it's put to the people, it, it does fail every time, but they're beginning to win the media war because we argue on their premise, and we have to stop doing that. We have to drill it down to a very primal premise and say, hold on, this is what you're saying, and, and, and that's what we have to do if we're going to win this. Well, we're and, gonna... and also, Brother, Brother uh-huh. um, if I may, one of the main strategies to try to win your goal and objective is to minimize and to demonize your opponent. And what we're saying is, look, you want to minimize, you want to demonize, say all you will, but we're not going away. And the thing is that when when the Lord is is putting out his principles, our prayer is that people will really reason and think about what we're saying so that they can really wrestle with this and they could come to the right decision. Okay. So that that's one of our goals. You know, the love of God again constrains us not to be silent any longer because people's lives are being changed in a reparable way and we are responsible. Wow. You guys, we are unfortunately way past our time. <laughs> and oh, um, bless you, Jesus Christ. I, I, there, there's so much more that I that I want to cover. Actually, can we can we still go on with the um? Okay, we're good. Great. You know what? We got bonus coverage. We can go on, and uh, this just won't be on the air, but we can go on with it, and people will be able to hear it on the website. So. B.I.G., shout-out to all you folks out there who are on the air. We appreciate you guys. But everybody on the website, you guys stay tuned. We got uh, Chaplain Viviana and Chaplain Aisha. They are from New York City, and they're showing us some love and breaking down this uh, this, this this very complex topic. At least we make it very complex. I personally think it's very simple, but, uh, you know, that's just me. Um, speaking on abortion, there's been a lot going on with uh, birth control in the media lately. And and I'm sure you got you guys all know why. I won't even get into that. But I just want to flat out ask you guys and then we'll go from there. Is uh is birth control um a form of abortion and is it wrong? Well, one of the things that has been um 
put about in the what do you call it uh, in the um, in the media? Okay, people have a choice to have birth control or not. The choice, however, should not be funded by tax dollars. Um, people can go to um, the store, purchase. Uh, that young lady in, um, that testified before the, the, Dem- the Democrat, mm-hmm. Democratic um, Committee, she was telling us, I want to have this type of lifestyle, but I want you to pay for it. Okay, and the, the thing that has happened, Brother Pudgy, is that in this HHS mandate, it's not just contraceptives that are being forced upon those that have moral objections. It's um, abortion. It is abortifacients, which is the morning after pill, and sterilization. All mm-hmm. of that is supposed to be covered by taxpayer dollars. And I believe that that is wrong, especially now. There are so many people, when it is free, they have multiple abortions, and they're using that as birth control. And that is morally wrong. Okay, that, what do you think, Aisha? Yeah, I agree. Uh, well, you know, I, I agree. I think that they're trying to, again, frame the conversation around a false premise. Nobody, you know, they use the word... Uh, birth control and contraception, and what they mean is abortion. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, you know, let's be honest. You know, that's, they're trying to, you know, make it out like everybody's trying to take everyone's birth control away. Sure, there are some people you now that uh, believe that, you know, like having the pill and stuff like that is, is an abortion, and, you know, because it's constantly making you, you know, have a, a period and, and, and stuff like that, and so that you can't align if there is an attached egg. You know, I get all that. You know, but again, that's, uh, that's not what we're really talking about. That's what they would like it to be. Um, you know, mm-hmm. everybody has their own religious beliefs. No one's trying to take contraceptions away from anyone. If you want to buy the pill, buy it. Which, oddly enough, though, when I look at it, I'm like, well, you want to supply taxpayer-funded uh, birth control pills, right, when oral contraceptives we know cause cancer. It's right there. They tell you all the time. So do, mm-hmm. and, and abortions have uh, you know, or, or cause of abortion, uh, cause of cancer as well. So we're going to give people on the taxpayer dime a chance to have cancer. You know what I mean? Like if we want to be, you know, practical about that. That's, yeah. what, that's what we're talking about. So, again, you know, they just are trying, you know, they we have to not let them win the media war. And that's what they're doing. They're trying to. They're trying to say, you know, and that's not what anybody's talking about. Nobody's out there. There's no candidate. They just want to keep talking about it because they want to try and make people look like, you know, they're whack nuts or something. And, and, and that's just not the case. You know, like, okay, I'm not going to talk to you on that. Let's, let's be honest. We're talking about abortions, taxpayer-funded abortions. That's what they want. It's not going to happen. And we should fight it all the way tooth and nail and call them out on it and tell them stop talking like that. Uh, and the other thing, Brother Pudgy, is, mm-hmm. is the fact that this is the first time, and it must be the last, that the federal government can mandate to the church or to ch- religious institutions what they must cover in violation of their moral beliefs. Yeah. This, is, this is totally unconstitutional. It's against the First Amendment to the U.S. Constitution, 
And if we let them do this to us now, there's no stopping what they're going to put on us as a citizenry and especially as a religious, um, uh, moral uh, observing um, uh, citizenry in, in our nation. Coming from um, an individual standpoint, let, uh, and, and what I mean from a, um, let's say from a, a regular nine to five individual that pays for their own insurance, um, take care of themselves, don't depend on the government for anything. Um, for those individuals, though, that choose to use birth control or, or contraceptive, um, is that spiritually wrong? Um, I believe that None of my business. Uh, um, contraception is between themselves, their their husband, and their God. However, one of the things that has happened in our society is that because we have a false sense of of um, that we're safe if we use a condom or contraceptive, mm-hmm. many of the young people have decided, oh, wow, I can experiment. As a matter of fact, in New York City, Brother Pudgy, they're trying to put a explicit sex education um, uh, mandate on our public, school, um, public schools oh starting God. in the fifth grade. Okay, so one of the things that happens is that Planned Parenthood, which tries to portray themselves as benevolent, Mm-hmm. They have a agenda to sexualize our children and say, oh, they're not strong enough to control themselves. Right now, there is a move in the nation, and there's a move because people have decided to stay abstinent. And that is one of the things that's causing the, the, um, the rate of out-of-wedlock pregnancies to go down. Mm-hmm. But they don't want to acknowledge that. They want to say, oh, it's because we gave more condoms. Let me tell you, there's a brother in New York. Um, his name is Jerry Nadal. And he has put out statistics. His statistic analysis, 15% of condoms have, uh, I mean, condoms have a 15% or better failure rate. And wow. what they do when they give out some of these condoms, is they're hoping that people will have two or three abortions. And uh, Sister Aisha and I, we've been exposed to um, uh, uh, blood money. People should look up on the Internet, blood money. Mm -hmm. It it exposes the agenda of Planned Parenthood. Ma'afa 21, again I say Ma'afa 21, Mm -hmm. it can also be seen in the Internet where it talks about the um, the policy, unfortunately, of the United States is to, through um, uh, the uh, Margaret Sanger began this, where they want to control the population of sure. quote-unquote undesirable people. What an audacity. And unfortunately, the United States of America, there's people up up there that want to say we don't want too many black and we don't want too many Latinos now. We we don't want that. So because of that, they put their abortion clinics smack dab in the middle of, of those neighborhoods. Communities. 
And uh, Dr. Connard uh, Childress of New Jersey, he also has a show every Sunday, and he has um, even information on his, um, like, you can download, mm-hmm. and his is theurbanprofit.org, theurbanprofit.org, and he speaks about homosexuality, and he also is very knowledgeable about this abortion situation. No holds barred. But the thing is that people, they have to be willing to hear the truth. And that's where we are. That's that's the ultimate debate. To me, that's the ultimate fight is that, you know, like I said earlier, people are misinformed and they're not educated on the things that we face. So, you know, when things do come up, and, and I hate to say it because they always do come up legislatively, and, and when they do come up, people aren't paying enough attention to find out what they should or should vote for just because the wording is so complex. You know, if you look at the marriage amendment in North Carolina, there's already a marriage law. This is marriage should only be between a man and a woman, uh, just going back a step. But, you know, when it when it comes time to vote on May 8th, you know, you have some folks, some group of folks are going around here saying that, hey, you guys vote against the marriage amendment, you know, and they don't understand that the marriage amendment is to solidify the law that's already in place. So it's a lot of trickery going on, and, and you okay. know, I don't know what we have to do to educate more people other than speak out, speak out, speak out, speak more, travel here and there. I mean, we got to be like prophets right. almost, you know. That's right. We got we to be and, like prophets and, 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 you know, travel through the land and talk to people about what's going on. Got, and we, we have to understand right. not to be afraid. Community. You have to, yeah, embolden people, you know. You have to agitate people, you know, and, and make them know, saying, you know, connect the dots for people. I, I love doing the, you know, um, you know, we're, we're really big on, you know, being those boots on the ground. Nobody else wants to go into the lion's den and wants to go in there and, you know, tell the people what need to, you know, what they need to hear because they're like, oh, I don't know, they might say this to me. It might get a little crazy in there. I don't want to say, well, you know what, that's why you find organizations that are willing to do that. And then you say, you know what, that that community right there, you really need to go in there and (laughs) start knocking on doors or holding an event. It doesn't matter if two people show up because, you know, exponentially, you know, mathematically, that equation, all you have to do is change one person and one person's mind on something. And once they're solid on that, they're going to go tail someone else. It's better to cultivate and disciple one person and have them truly believe that they believe what they believe and they know what they believe for them to go out and change another person than it is for you to stand and talk to 10,000 people. So we have to, you know, again, we have to one rethink ourselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. One person at a time, one mind at a time, one heart at a time. It doesn't matter. When you go out, like you said, it Boots on the ground. That is how, you know, even Obama, I mean, that's how he won. I mean, he didn't care. Look at what he did. He went around and acorning on them, knocking on all the doors. I mean, they took 25 cents from people, knowing they probably only had 50 cents, right? But they talked to each person and said, come on, and, and made them feel like they were a part of something. And we have to take a page from that and start really talking to people and not being afraid to say, oh, you know what, I might get a few doors slammed in my face. Okay, but you know what, if I'm able to talk to one person and, you know, 
especially in the black community, that's how we hear things. There's usually one informed person that really pays attention to something. They have a party, and they're all sitting around listening to the one person talk. You find that one person that it is the communication to the outside world within the black community, and that's the only person you really need to talk to because they're going to go spread it to everybody else. We have to be very clear and have a very clear vision and message that we're willing to put forth. And we can't be afraid anymore because nobody likes a weak advocate. Nobody wants to hear squishiness. Uh, what's the guy's name? Oh, I just His name is Coach. And he did this thing and he said, you know, we got to stop being evangelifish. And I love that, you know. It's like a, that's what we are, you know. Oh, I'm just going to love everybody. And we're never going to upset anyone. We don't want to tip the boat because, you know, Jesus loves everyone. Okay, I got that. I got that. But you know what? Be a man. That's not how a man works. Go out there, be a warrior for the Lord, and tell people what they need to hear because because Jesus Christ might be Jesus Christ, but God had three personalities, and he was called the Lord of hosts more than anything else, and that's the God of war. And we better get ourselves prepared and be ready to go to battle because we're battling for people's souls for the Lord. And if we don't get that straight, we are going to completely lose. This is up to us now. Yeah, and the the other thing, too, is being very, very sensitive Okay, because I don't do um, pastor bashing, um, I don't do priest bashing, but calling out to the priests, to the pastors of the nation, that it is time to to rise up and share the truth from your pulpits. You That's right. have to share that because people are perishing for lack of knowledge. Uh, for example. Mm-hmm. How is it that in New York City all the pulpits are not ringing with statistics about abortion? You have the African-American and Latino women have had proportionately higher rates of abortion. Sixty percent of African-American women in 2009 aborted their children. Forty-one point three percent of Latino women aborted their children in 2009. 22.7 Asian and 21.4 Caucasian women aborted in 2009. And I looked at um, some more statistics, and there were at least 599 abortions that were reported of school-age children. These clinics are bringing our children across state lines or bringing them to abortion um, mills. I call them abortion mills Mm -hmm. because there is barbaric things being done to children when they invade the womb and invade the sanctity of a life by pulling and sucking them out. And then not even give them the dignity of acknowledging that that was a baby that they tore apart limb from limb. And please, I'm saying this to the women. I can understand the terror, okay? I can't share how I can understand it, but I have been with other women. I've been with um, even relatives that they say, man, if I have this baby, I can't afford it, or if I have this baby, my parents are going to kill me. 
the thing is that once the baby is there, it is desperately, desperately seeking your protection, and God will provide for that child. And if honestly you cannot, reputable adoption agencies exist so that child can live out their destiny. Either that or decide to stay without being sexually, recreational sex mm-hmm. is irresponsible. Sure. That's why I'm against wholesale contraceptives. When it comes to a man and a woman, their husband and wife, that's between them and their God. But to say that I'm going to be sexually active and take on the responsibility of bringing a life into this world, that's being irresponsible. And the culture is just pushing it wholesale to our youth. And we can't. You radio show 619-638-8559. We're on the air with Chaplain Viv and Chaplain Aisha, New York City, Frederick Douglass Foundation's finest. Um, they're really going in, man. I hope folks are paying attention and really are really listening to what we're talking about because there's not no hate going on here. There's there's no hate going on here. This is a lot of love, and and you know if you can't feel the love because you just so happen to believe uh, different from what these ladies believe, then I, I'm sorry that you just can't be reached. But, uh, you know, we won't give up on you guys, man. So, you know, listen up. We're still on the air, man. We're still chopping it up. Um, I'm sorry, Aisha. I just cut you off before that. that um, no, it's okay. It's that your drop. show. <laughs> <laughs> I still got to apologize. I, I'm always proper, so I always got to be proper. God bless you. Well, no, I was just going to say, you know, and, and as well, you know, I mean, uh, you know, I, I talk a lot about, you know, I, I have had an abortion, um, and I talk a lot about, you know, that and, and do post abortive counseling. So, you know, when we talk about abortion and for those people that have had one, you know, there is forgiveness for that. You know, there is Amen. a way that you can be redeemed from that and that you can be set free because w- once you do that and, and once you take that road and, and you come to the, especially when you come to the realization that you murdered your own child, that is a very hard thing to deal with. So when we talk about abortion and these people that are out there pushing abortion and acting like it's no big deal, it is a direct assault against women and against children. And they might, you know, want to say whatever they want, but that's what it is. You talk about the womb. That is the most sacred place, and they want to tell you. And so often we as women, we buy into that lie, you know, the whole blob of flesh and, oh, it's no big deal, and that's your choice. But when you decide... Know, to make that choice, it's because you're in the most hopeless situation, and and typically, you know, not always, you're thinking that you have no other choice, and so you make that, and then all you're doing, you you cut off a generation of of people, you know, lineage, mm-hmm. generation after generation after generation, that is now gone out of existence, and who knows what God would have sprung up from that, and so when you come to that realization, that that's what you've done. A lot of times we do want to suppress that and say, I don't care, you know, no, 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 I didn't do that. But you know what? There's a way for you to get out of that cycle, and you can reach out. There's many organizations that are out there. I mean, there's too many to to name that where you can go uh, to people and talk to them about your experience with your abortion, that, you know, there is no condemnation in the Lord. And the Lord will say, you know what, child, I will use what the enemy meant for evil, and I will use it for good. I look at the things in my past and where I've been and where God has placed me now, and I know that I go out and I share 
because I never want another woman that I know that I can come into contact with and and men because abortion affects men just as much as it affects women mm-hmm. um, to never have to experience that again. And and I say that, you know, and I'm going to lead, you know, into that segue because I don't want any woman out there that may have had an abortion. You know, mm-hmm. those are usually the ones that are spewing the most hate towards me. Cause trust me, I was there. I've been there, done that. I've been that person. I was pro-choice for a long time, and yeah, I hated pro-lifers, okay? Uh, and it was because I was dealing with my own issues. And, and, and now, you know, obviously I'm on the other side of that, but that's because of God, and God did a miraculous work in me. Mm-hmm. So with with that said, uh, you know, I know uh, Chaplain Vivian, she's so much nicer and calmer than I am. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, I do, you know, I, I don't, you know, pastor bash, priest bash, or, you know, and all that stuff, but I will call them bastards in the pulpit those mm-hmm. ones that are out there and they're not doing their job, you know, and this goes back to not only the homosexual issue but the abortion issue and everything else. You know, uh, Hebrews mm-hmm. 12, uh, Hebrews 12, 7 uh, says, if you if you endure chastising, God deals with you as with deals with you as with sons for what son is there whom a father does not chastising mm-hmm. but if you are without chastising of which all have become partakers then you are bastards and not sons so how can a pastor stand up there then and, and not chastise his flock if he is supposed to be loving over them you know in the end of that what is it at the end of it uh 12 11 i think and it says uh now no chastising seems to be joyful for the present, but painful. Nevertheless, afterward, it yields the peaceable fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. And I can attest to that. You know, it's, you know, not only as a mother, but also the chastising that the Lord had to do to me mm-hmm. as a person, that it was not a good time. It was not something I wanted to go through. Not only just my abortion, but a, a lot of different things that he had to train out of me it wasn't a good time and there were times when i was angry going well, why do i have you know you put me in this family and in these situations lord so now why am i having to go through the fruit of this when that's where you place me but then now i can look back and say you know he has made me righteous he has made me a child of god and i am blessed and highly favored so you know it's worth being able to go through that chastisement we need to remember that when we're talking to people that are sinners, that are, no matter what the sin is, whether it's homosexuality, whether it's talking about their, you know, wickedness when it comes to abortion and any of those things, I am not chastising you. You know, I'm not hating on you. I'm being a vehicle of chastisement for you so that you can be convicted and come into the house of God and be saved for eternal life. And that's what we have to focus on. So no matter what they tell us, we get off of track. This is our fault as, as people of God. We get off of track because we want to be so loving all the time that we forget that a spanking is loving as well. Sure. You know, do, do you, you know, and, and and we have to drive that home. I mean, we just we forget time after time that this is not fun. The enemy doesn't care. You know, you you go, you have an abortion. And then you become even more promiscuous afterwards because you just want to feel something that isn't the pain from the fact that you killed your child. Right. And you're just out there doing it more. And then, you know, some people have two, three, four abortions because after wow. the first one, you're like, oh, okay, I'm going to go do it again. It was no big deal. And they don't realize that all the things that they're doing from that abortion are actually fruit from that. 
because they are just trying to suppress what it is that they did, and you don't want to think about it. And we can help people to do that, and we can help set you free. So if there is anyone out there listening that has had an abortion, you can contact me directly, and I know even Chaplain Vivian, and we can help you work through that, and we can help Mm. you be forgiven and set free from what you did because let me tell you, the enemy has no claim on your soul. And you are perfect and you are holy and you are beautiful in the sight of God. That's why we have Jesus Christ. I love it. And the other thing is that I get furious at the fact when people are willing to hear the truth and they um, look at this agenda, abortion agenda and blood money. Most of these people that are, you know, I say godless, the ones that are running these abortion mills, They keep on saying, oh, we're doing it for them. This is a big money item. You're running into big, powerful lobbies because this is getting a lot of money for people. So when they say that they want to help the poor woman, it is is not their intent for the most part. And the thing is that when they shed blood, That's the other thing in the scripture. God has to respond to that blood being shed in our nation. And at this point, Brother Pudgy, we are in a tipping point. 2012 is is the year of government and things coming right. And if we as a nation do not make um, the right choices, uh, for example, there's even a, an amendment by Brother um, Hoy, H-O-Y-E, mm-hmm. and it's on personhood. If we do not do the right things this year, Brother Pudgy, Sister Aisha, as a prophetic pronouncement, God has already shown many of us that his wrath is going to make 9-11 look like a picnic. Jesus. Blood must be avenged. And God is so wroth over this fact of the innocent blood that we have shed for fear, for convenience, for making money, that he has to do something. And it's it's not gonna he's not playing games. Um you know one of the things I saw uh Sister Aisha and Brother Pudgy? The same-sex marriage was passed in New York City. Within the month, New York City was rocked by an earthquake. It was, um, we had a tornado, uh, I mean a hurricane come through, and we had the largest snow amount come to the nation. We just passed, or rather the the legislature just passed same-sex marriage in Maryland, and God, God allowed the heart of our nation to experience over, what, 30 tornadoes within. And I was here in Tennessee, brother. <laughs> I'm here visiting um, my, my son and his wife and, and our four grandchildren here. Mm-hmm. We have to have a circle prayer saying, Lord, we pray for no loss of life. But, mm. Father, let this tornado skip over or go around us. The thing is that God is showing through natural um, catastrophe and calamity things that are 
are so angering him that this isn't just going by him without him, you know, having a reaction. And I'm not saying because the innocent also suffer along with the guilty. But Absolutely. The thing is that it hits the heart of the nation. The 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 tornadoes that were spawned were 160 miles per hour. Jesus. This was intense natural phenomenon. And people wow. have to wake up and say, look, God, we believe you're right. We got to turn the nation around. And I'm telling you, this election is one of the most critical. And we can't look at candidates in terms of quote unquote electability. Mm-hmm. We have to pray for the David, for the Esther, who's going to represent godly biblical um, uh, um, uh, principles. Because if we stay, what the current administration has already declared, we are going to basically change who and what America is. And if you move further and further away from God, the United States is going to be off the map. It's going to be non-existent in terms of any world influence. You know, my wife and I were just talking about this topic today um there's not many topics on this show and she's listening now as as every week hi baby i love you and um we were, just talking, <laughs> we were just talking about this topic today um about the wrath of god and, and how great it is and uh you know we don't we don't have we don't really have a clue of, of mm-hmm. how great god's wrath is you know what i mean we we just we this is just the tip of the iceberg the things that are happening right. You know, if you really go back and 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 you do you read your history, you read your Bible, you can see some of the things of, of the wrath of God that that a lot of those people went through for not for being disobedient, frankly. And uh, you know, I can't say that you're wrong, champion, uh, Chaplain Viviana. I, I think a lot of the things that we're faced are are total, um, um, total the wrath of God that we're feeling a lot of the things that we do that we have to go through our tribulations that we dis we so uh needed you know some of the things that we put out we put ourselves in a lot of these predicaments my mind's thinking so fast I can barely talk but um I I do have a I have a question from um one of my listeners and and this is Kevin Watkins and he asked us uh how does your guest feel about voluntary sterilization if someone does not want to have children in today's world? Um, again, that is a well, a situation that I, I believe is between them and God. But one of the things that God tells us, and there's, there's a difference. Now, if you're like 18 to 30, and you haven't even had a child, that is something you really have to look for for godly counseling from either a, a, a certified Christian counselor that is balanced because God says do not fear bringing a child into the world as long as you are depending upon me. Hmm. Now, those who All have right. had more than two, two or three children and they feel that it's time to either... Um, have a hysterectomy um, or the vasectomy, depending on what they want to do, 
I believe that's the choice between the, the couple and God. But there's still, God says, you know, multiply and, and, and replenish the earth. But like I said, those are things that Chaplain Aisha had said that has to be within the sanctity of a husband and a wife and God, but looking at counseling as well. But just to sterilize because you're afraid of having children in this society, um, there is your blood that, um, uh, that must be carried on through generations. And fear, God says, do not have a spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind, and you will be guided by the Lord uh, to the right partner, to the right, um, you know, marriage partner, rather, to the right um, uh, situation where you're preparing yourself to take responsibility for a new life. Yeah. I agree. You know, I mean, I don't think that it's something that... um you know, some I personally like I don't want any more kids. I'm a very <laughs> selfish person. Right. And That's but, right. again, you know, I, I am, you know, I was like, Hey, God gave me kids the way he did, I think because I never would have chose to have them on my own. <laughs> but you know, I have three girls now and I'm like, Whatever, you know, God knows best. But you know, I think that you know, you have that's something that uh if it's not something you're convicted on then, you know, I, I don't have any place to, you know, to really speak on it. Each person is their own individual thing. But, you know, I personally, you know, like I have, I, I've never gotten fixed, you know, or, um, you know, tubes tied or anything, only because, you know, this is just my perspective because I see all these women and, and men that want children and they can't have them and everything they go through. And I'm like, and then the Lord comes mm-hmm. over here and blesses me to have children. I'm like, really? You know, it was like, okay. How does that work out, Lord? You know, but only he knows, you know, why he does what he does. And then, you know, I'm like, the way the world's going now, what if he has to destroy everyone and I'm the last one left and i got to repopulate the world? (laughs) 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 And then I said, oh, my dude's got to create a miracle at a time. But you know what I mean? I do. You know, I'm being funny, but at the same time, you know, that is. You know, there's a lot of different things. I think people shouldn't be afraid, but that's between them and the Lord. So, you know, I I can't speak on that. I want to I want to bring in a um a caller back that we had on the air earlier. Uh 936 is the last 3 You're back on with us. How you doing? I'm doing fine. I just I just want to ask answer a question that you had asked quite a while ago about is what's happening a fad as far as uh the way people are thinking differently and yes, they ma'am. want to uh-huh. change so many things in our culture. Right. I don't think we really answered that one. I just want to address that one real quick, if I may. Unfortunately, I don't think it's a fad. I wish it was, Brother Pudgy. (laughs) I'd be much. I feel a lot more comfortable if I thought it was a fad. Uh, It's not a fad. I think it's just the times that we're living in. As we see the day progressing, we see more and more uh, there things that are very strange and things that are very anti what God has set in order. Uh, Just living in New York City alone, I can just. You know, just take observation of what's going on, mm-hmm. and um, sad to say, it's not a fad, my brother. So I, I think I, the church mm-hmm. we so need to take ahead. it very seriously. Yeah, I that's think just um, what I, want I was to say. I was actually looking for that because, and I'm, I'm glad you brought that book back up because I wanted to go back to that point. 
Uh, it's very important that you said it's not a fad because this is something people are looking at the things that I named early with the clothes and the culture and the music. And they're looking at these things as if it's going to pass, it's going to go over, they're going to be forgotten about. But this agenda, see, this is it's a difference because this is something that's agenda based. It's not something that just evolved and just came around once and, you know, it's going to make its rounds and go away and come back again and it's going to be forgotten about. This is more than just a fad. This is part agenda, and it's just, I'm, I'm sorry, folks. You, you you know, a lot of people out there just don't want to believe it, man, but it's just Satan at his work, and um, mm-hmm. it, it's just evil. So this is evil opposed, infringing upon our rights and our souls, trying to capture as many souls as he can in the last days, and that's just what I believe. I do too, Brother Pudgeon. I, I want to really encourage anybody and everybody that's listening, if they have been born again, um, we all have a responsibility. We have a responsibility to get the truth out. And, you know, either we're going to take advantage of that responsibility, we're going to, we're going to say yes to God. This is not for the faint at heart in 2012. This is this is time now. We we cannot do business as usual. We sure. cannot just go and you know go into a church service and think, okay, we've done our thing. We've, we've got to be real with God. We've got I to pray. We've right. got to love people enough to tell them the truth. And one of the other things is that as far as the children go, you know, one of your questions was, what about the homosexuals and their rights? I've had homosexuals in my home, mm-hmm. and not just once or twice or three times. So it's not even an issue of, well, you don't love them or you don't care. No, I do love them. I do care because they're people like everybody else. Mm-hmm. The thing of it is, is that God loves everybody. And we cannot take one um like it was said so eloquently before, a, a minute portion of the society sure. and advance their agenda uh, regardless of what's happening to the rest of the people, especially the children. We're going to have to stand for the children. Jesus said, suffer the little children to come unto me, for such is the kingdom of heaven. And these little, little children, they don't have a voice of their own. Who's going to stand for them? Where are their champions? Who's going to, to say, well, wait, that's wrong. You're hurting them. You're abusing them. One of the things that I was hoping that was going to come up, and I have to tell you this, is that after the same-sex marriage was approved in New York, it took about six weeks, if that long, and then there was a big conference. I believe it was in Washington or Maryland either D.C. or Maryland, and that conference had to do with the pedophiles, Uh, a big conference with pedophiles, people from John Hopkins was there, Yale, I believe Harvard was there, uh, big-name schools, Ivy League schools, and they're now trying to redirect uh, the whole notion of pedophilia and how people would look at pedophilia. They've actually come out and said, we want to do away with the word incest. Now what we would like to do is call it intergenerational intimacy. Okay? Yeah, exactly. We want to do wow. away with, um, we want to decriminalize pedophilia. And rather than just say pedophilia, we want to call it adult child sex. Yep. 
This is where we're going. That's why this is not a fad. Uh, God's people better take this very, very seriously. Uh, this is something that we have to commit to prayer. It's not just a matter of talking about it. Amen. We got to really get on our knees and we got to intercede. We got to pray. And then we got to ask God for His plan. And uh, God, what do we do? But that's that's why I want to put in my little two cents, Brother Pudgy. It's mm. not going away. Wish it would. It's not going away. That's a, that's that's more than two cents worth right there. <laughs> that, that, that's that's more than worth the way to go right there. And I really appreciate that, folks. We do, we do have to put this in prayer. And um, despite of despite of the issues that we talked about tonight, and and the things that you talk about in your homes and with your friends, and that we see past and that we vote on and what may have you, the most important thing is establishing the relationship with God and asking forgiveness for your sins and moving along. This this is quite a battle everybody that we have to deal with and, and don't listen don't worry about your shortcomings this is something that I, I always like to put out there to people and uh you know i've actually gotten an argument about it and and i say that if we are to be like christ we ought to be perfect and don't worry about the things that we fall short on we can be perfect for one minute 10 minutes 20 minutes and an hour and that's what we need to strive for so i always call it team perfection operation perfection we can be perfect let's take it a minute at a time and 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 strive for perfection and when we fall short we give that unto god and keep going if we don't look at it that way what are you striving for Brother Pudgy, there was something that we were talking about, and I'm so glad that Sister Pearl clarified it, that it's not a fad. And this is going back to the judgment aspect for America. And I'm going to, you know, if with your indulgence, if you just let me read a few, a little bit of the Harbinger. It's mm-hmm. on page 21 and, uh, 20 and 21. And it talks about spiritual, uh, or rather Israel, turning away from God. And then it says here, it says, America began ruling God out of its life, turning step by step against his ways, at first subtly and then more and more brazenly. When, I asked, when did it start? There was no simple answer. In America's greatest moments, there was always sin. And in its worst moments, greatness. But there are critical junctures. In the middle of the 20th century, America began officially removing God from its national life. It abolished prayer and scripture in the public schools. As ancient Israel had removed the Ten Commandments from its national consciousness, so America did likewise, removing the Ten Commandments from public view banning it from public squares and taking it down by governmental decree from its walls. As it was in ancient Israel, so too in America, God was progressively driven out of the nation's public life. The very mention of the name God or Jesus in any relevant context became more and more taboo and unwelcome unless for the purpose of mockery and attack. That which had once been revered as sacred was now increasingly treated as profanity, and as God was driven out, idols were uh, brought in to replace them. And says, but America doesn't worship idols. No, said the prophet, they just don't call them idols. As God was expunged from American life, idols came in to fill the void, idols of sensuality, idols of greed, of money, success, 
comfort, materialism, pleasure, sexual immorality, uh, self-worship, self-obsession. The sacred increasingly disappeared and the profane took its place. It was another kind of spiritual amnesia. The nation forgot its foundations, its purpose, and its calling. The standards and values it had long upheld were now abandoned. When it had once known as immoral, what it had once known as immoral is now accepted. Its culture was increasingly corrupted by the corrosion of sexual immorality, growing continuously more crude and vulgar. A wave of pornography began uh, penetrating its media. The same nation that had once dedicated to spreading God's light to the nations now filled the world with pornographic and uh, the obscene. And I have just a few more to to finish, and then um, this really hits the mark. Mm -hmm. Some would call it tolerance, I said. Yes, he replied, the same tolerance that overtook ancient Israel, a tolerance for everything opposed to God, a growing tolerance for immorality, and a growing intolerance for the pure, a tolerance that mocked, marginalized, and condemned those who remained faithful to the values now being discarded. Innocence was ridiculed and virtue was vilified. Children were taught of sexual immorality in public schools while the word of God was banned. Mm. It was a tolerance that put the profane on public display and removed nativity scenes from the public site, contraband as if somehow they had become a threat, a strangely intolerant tolerance. So what Sister Pearl was saying, it's written in this book. God had already prophesied in, or, or rather stated in Exodus, the blessings or the cursing. You are blessed when you obey God and certain things follow in a nation. If you disobey God, you are cursed and certain things follow. We have a responsibility to turn the tide with God's help Uh, is the only way we can do it. By prayer, by fasting, by action, we can no longer remain silent. And the thing is that if people want to put their head in the sand, it's going to come creeping inside their household. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. they need to do something about it and say, okay, where am I in this picture? What does God want me to do in this hour? Who does God want me to talk to? How does God want me to pray? There's a responsibility. We can't live in a society closed up as if we're an island. Jeez. I, um, those words were powerful. And uh, I'm going to try my best to see if we can't get a clip of that and put that out there for more people to hear who, who weren't listening to the show. Um, because I think that needs to be heard. Um, we have to close the show, ladies. Exceptionally I I don't even know how to thank you guys That much As much as I I, I give thanks to you Because this has been a blessing to me And I know it's been a blessing to more people out there But I really appreciate you guys for coming on the show And always, always dropping knowledge On people out there Because it's needed Lord knows it's needed The educational factor is low uh, On these topics And we need to just talk about them And stop being so scared to approach them 
and offend people. We need to talk about it and talk it out so folks can understand the spiritual aspect of it and the truth of it for which it stands. So I thank you ladies for coming on here and really breaking this down for us. And uh, I, I can't wait to have you guys back on. I can't wait to see you in a couple of weeks too. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. And let me tell you, it was an honor to be with you. It was an honor to have the opportunity to break bread of the word of God and the truth of God's principles because that takes courage. And Mm -hmm. we want to thank you for the courage of making the opportunity for that conversation to take place. So God bless you too, brother. Thank you. I ain't scared. (laughs) Hey, hey, we have to be fearless. Fear God only, not man. That's right. That's right. And hey, uh, I look forward to seeing you too in a couple weeks there, Pudgy. And let me just leave you with this, Isaiah 32. Oh, go ahead now. <laughs> you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. <laughs> because I found this scripture and I'm in love with my <laughs> Lord all over again, okay? <laughs> so listen, Isaiah 32.8. Yeah, Isaiah 32.8 says this, but the liberal devises liberal things, and by liberal things he shall stand. <laughs> Rise up, ye women that are at ease. Hear my voice, ye careless daughters. Give ear unto my speech. Many days, years shall be, shall ye be troubled, ye careless women. For the vintage shall fail, and gathering not, and gathering shall not come. So even back, you know, if you go up to Isaiah thirty-two five, it, it it starts off talking about it. But I just like that one part. It said, "The vile person, person shall no more be called liberal." So you know, the Lord has been calling evil liberal for a long time. Okay. And that is the King James version. Okay, so I just had to put that out there. All right. Oh, man. Look it up, girl. That's right. Isaiah 32, Brother Pudgy, man. It's... man. Brother Pudgy, if you can have Dr. Childress, Clonard Childress, I tell you a wealth of information. And like like we were saying, the culture warriors God, are, God is putting together so that there is a clear, no-nonsense clarion call by the Lord. That people are going to be held responsible. That I'm, you I'm are definitely going to seek him out too, and uh, I'll, I'll look him up and see if I can get his information time. to get him on here. Mhm. There's a lot of other people we can share offline and stuff, and um, I'm telling you, this is this isn't this is where God is pulling His prophetical um, intercessors, pastors, leaders together, so that we can say, "Thus saith the Lord." And, and ask the Holy Spirit to work in people's hearts and minds mm-hmm. to do that is real, what is right under God's eyes so that the nation can be healed. We can be forgiven. He can give America. He's not finished with America yet. Mm-mm. He can turn it around if his people, who like Chronicles 7, Second Chronicles 714, who are called by his name, humble themselves and pray and turn from their wicked ways. Mm. And then he, we will hear from heaven, and he will hear, heal our land. But he can't do it now. We are flying in the face of God. He's asking for us to turn so that he can give us mercy. Thanks, Chaplain. 
God bless you, brother. See you soon. All right. See you soon, too. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. Goodbye. It's the KRP Radio Show, folks. Um, we're coming to a close. Got to play a couple of commercials, and I'll be right back with Brent Andrew Breitbart's true words in his outro. I appreciate you guys for rocking with the KRP Radio Show. 619-638-8559 is the number. KRPRadioShow.com is the web address. Make sure you hit us up, folks. If you just listened to the show, go back. We're already live streaming, so you can catch the end of the show. And you can go back and listen to the beginning of the show. If you're on Twitter, we're at symbol K-I-R-P radio show. At symbol NC Pudgy is me. Like I always say, don't be surprised on what I might tell you or what I might say on that show. It's just real. That's what it is. Thanks for rocking with the K-I-R-P radio show, folks. We'll be right back after this commercial in the bonus hour. In the bonus footage, we're going to get Andrew Breitbart's closing statements. Rest in peace, Mr. Breitbart. For all your trucking needs, make sure you contact Allen's Trucking LLC. That's Allen's Trucking LLC, owner Brian Allen and BA Welding Incorporated. For all your trucking or your welding needs or transportation needs across the country, make sure you contact Allen's Trucking LLC out of Winston-Salem, North Carolina. Their number is 919-426-5455. Again, 919-426-5455. If you have transportation needs and you need to get your equipment there on time, make sure you contact Allen's Trucking LLC. 60,000 North Carolina families are affected by autism. One out of every 110 children born today will be diagnosed with autism. If you have any questions or need support, we can help. The Autism Society of North Carolina can be reached at 800-442-2762. Again, that's 800-442-2762. 2762. Remember, 60,000 North Carolina families are affected by autism, and one out of every 110 children born will be diagnosed with autism as well. If you need to reach them by the web, the address is www.autismsociety-nc.org. You can also reach them on Facebook, Twitter, and you can reach them on YouTube. Love somebody today. Are you a high school senior in a public high school in Durham County, North Carolina, or Orange County, North Carolina, and you're headed to a historically black college or university? Or are you a high school senior in Iredell County, North Carolina, and you're headed to Catawba Community College? If you meet any of these three qualifications, go to emmascholarship.org. Find out how you can get your free money for college today. E-M-M-A-Scholarship.org. K-I-R-P Radio!
Thanks, you guys. Appreciate you guys for listening to the KIRP radio show. As we close the evening, we had some beautiful guests on, and these three ladies were on fire for God. If you don't know what that is, you better ask somebody. Appreciate you ladies for coming on the show, if you're still listening. Also, I appreciate all the supporters out there who listen to the show, everybody who follows the show on Twitter, Facebook. I really appreciate you guys for holding us down. B.I.G. shout out to all you guys. And don't forget, man, thanks for making us the number one black conservative radio show on the air, Southeastern United States. We really appreciate you guys. Got to get to my shout-out list that I didn't get to earlier before I played the Bright Bra outro. Um, the Carabas GOP women, shout-out to you. H. Cole, shout-out to you. Di Bingle, Geneva, shout-out to you. Uh, Truth Cry, Russ Maynard, Valerie, Dark Knight, 3565. Uh, shout-out to the hip-hop Republicans out there. Shout-out to you guys, man. I see you guys everywhere. Tanisha B., Jocelyn D., uh, photographer extraordinaire. Shout-out to Dig Morris, <laughs> at Dig Morris on Twitter. Also, shout-out to my man David Banner. Got to give a special shout-out to Stacey Swimp. Anthony Anderson, shout out to Just Blaze. My man John Wall, played ball for Kentucky, now plays for the Washington Wizards. Shout out to my homie, John Wall. Also got to give a shout out to Joyce Meyer. Thanks for following us on the KRP Radio Show. I really appreciate that. Shout out to my man Chris Weber, who also follows us on the KRP Radio Show. Shout out to Mark Cuban. Uh, owner of the Dallas Mavericks and entrepreneur. Shout out to you. I appreciate you guys following us. Also, shout out to Sadie Entertainer, my man Lamont, a.k.a. Giza. Shout out to you, homie. Appreciate you following us. My man Philadelphia Freeway. Shout out to Natalie Toms, Michael Wilborn, and last but not least, shout out to my man Diggy. Appreciate you guys for rocking with the KRP radio show and showing us that love. And also, like I said before, making us the number one black conservative show southeast in the United States. I want to say rest in peace to Andrew Breitbart. You are and you were a true pioneer. And I appreciate all the work that you did. And I hope folks, I hope conservatives out there would get busy and start standing up for the things that we need to stand up for. All my children of God out there, I hope you guys are students of the word. I hope you are believers in the word, faithfully followers of the word. And I hope you engulf and embellish yourself in nothing but the true word of God and start listening to all the things out there that, uh, that distracts you and takes you away from your focus, which is making it to the kingdom of heaven. Here's Andrew Breitbart. I love you guys. As always, God is love. Is God KRP Radio Show? Check us out next week, eight o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time, same time, same place. I'm looking for you, you Occupy freaks, with your glitter bombs. Bring it on! Bring on the glitter. Everything has changed. Everything has changed in the last few years. Conservatives used to take it, and we're not taking it anymore. Just today, as I was planning one of my stupid, silly, funny tricks, I didn't have to because I got word when I was doing a radio show today that 200 of us went out to the Occupy people to stand toe-to-toe -to -toe with them to say we, don't, we, we are here and we're proud to be conservative and we're not going to take your... I didn't say it. I'm on TV right now. I'm a respectful conservative and my mom is watching. It's over. It's over. 
Right now, my Twitter feed is already calling me a big fat homosexual. Hello, children at home. No, your dad's not gay. That's how the left rolls. Everybody asks me, why do you retweet? Hey, why do you do that? I can't tell you how many people I admire. And in fact, there's almost no one in the world who I respect more than Hugh Hewitt. And he took me aside the other day and he said, I don't think you should be doing that, Andrew. I don't think you should be doing that. Well, Professor Hewitt, on this issue, I disagree. Because they've held over our heads with contempt the false narrative of their innate tolerance. The least tolerant people you will ever meet in your entire lives. I know it. I live it every single day. And I retweet it to remind them that I know exactly who they are. This next race, over the next year, everybody asked me, by the way, to come here to speak about tolerance I'll get, and uh, unity. I'll get to that a little bit later. Because <laughs> this is my war cry for 2012. You need to join me in this war against the institutional left. This is not your mother's Democratic Party. Duh. <laughs> Duh. John Podesta, George Soros. This is not your mother's Democratic Party either. You know whose party it is? Well, just this Sunday, thanks to Tucker Carlson, thank you, Tucker, I had the chance of a lifetime to spend an enchanting evening with Bill Ayers and Bernadine Dorn. A Super Bowl party from hell. People said on Twitter, conservatives, you're palling around with terrorists. I'm like, well, if I'm palling around with terrorists, I'm not the best house guest because I'm still going to destroy everything that they stand for, even though Bill Ayers is the best damned cook I've ever experienced in my entire life. You have no idea how good his succulent ribs were. The butternut squash, uh, the, the carrot with a hint of ginger soup was extraordinary. The whitefish, the selections of wine at this dinner. I had dinner with the 1%, my friends, Bill and Bernadine Dorn. I thank you from the bottom of my heart. You were charming. I mean that. You were. But then again, so was Ted Bundy. So it doesn't really mean that much in the whole scheme of things. And I have a thesis about who we're fighting against. This is the hard left. This is, I thought when I graduated from college in 1991, I thought that that ponytail that I left in my humanities class, that silver ponytail, was just going to retire in the shady acres of academia and go on. I had no idea that these people were absolutely serious about the malarkey that they were teaching me, the post-structuralist, politically correct garbage. Unfortunately, in the year 2004, the radical left basically did a coup d'etat of the Democratic Party and basically kicked a person that four years before was called the standard bearer of decency in the Democratic Party, and that was Joe Lieberman. That, that was over. That was the end of the Democratic Party, and after the 2010 election cycle, DLC went under. 
It's over. There's no such thing as a moderate Democrat. And so what do we get now in Barack Obama? Well, I've got videos, by the way. This election, we're going to vet him. I've got videos. This election, we're going to vet him from his college days to show you why, to show you why racial division and class warfare are central to what hope and change was sold in 2008. The videos are going to come out. The narrative is going to come out that Barack Obama met a bunch of silver ponytails back in the 1980s, like Bill and Bernadine Dorn, who, equally radical, said one day we're going to have the presidency. And the rest of us slept while they plotted and they plotted and they plotted and they oversaw hundreds of millions of dollars in the Annenberg Challenge. And they had real money from real capitalists who gave it on to their children and their children's children, and then they become communists. We got to work on that. We got to work on that. That's a parenthesis. <laughs> Barack Obama is a radical. We should not be afraid to say that. Okay? And Barack Obama was launched from Bill and Bernadine's salon. I've been there. It became a self-evident truth to me that there's zero chance that this incredible chef did not cook many a meal for Barack Obama. Don't tell me ABC, CBS, and NBC I don't have the, uh, uh, that I can't posit that theory because it's a self-evident truth. Just like it was a self-evident truth that he was with Jeremiah Wright and just as it's a self-evident truth that when he was at Harvard, he was advocating for the worst of the worst to join the faculty. Radicals. Radicals at Beirut on the Charles. And, and that is who's in the White House, and that's who's outside right now telling you you don't have a right to be here and who would squelch your free speech just as easily they do at Harvard, Vassar, Yale, Wesleyan. They're a bunch of totalitarian freaks. And they pal around with our friends in the mainstream media. I always thought that the people in the media leaned to the left. I always thought that my neighbors in the media leaned to the left. But when they act like a provost at a politically correct university and tell people to shut up, I don't think that they're no longer can they be called objective journalists. They're playing for the other side. They've been part of demonizing good and decent people. They tried to defeat the Tea Party, and when they failed, just like their desire to create a Rush Limbaugh and it failed at Air America, they want what they can't have, and they try to recreate it. They wanted their Tea Party, and what did they create? They created the Occupy Movement. What is the Occupy Movement, you ask? It's a natural, organic group of people. You've never seen these people before in your life. Wait a sec. 
These exact people protested against you at the GOP welcoming committee in 2008, and two of them were arrested for planting Molotov cocktails, for, for uh, trying to use Molotov cocktails against the police. The radicals against the police, the radicals against you, exactly like Occupy, the same exact people. These are the same exact people that organized Camp Casey at Crawford. That was Occupy Crawford. These are the same exact people that went down the highway at the exact time at the end of the summer when Katrina happened. That was Occupy New Orleans. It's the same radicals. They've been in your life since Senator Obama became part of your vocabulary. They are at war with you and they attack you and they throw eggs at you. And guess what? The media looks the other way. You're domestic terrorists, you know. Janet Napolitano warned me about that. Yet when this group emerged, what happened? They exhibited traits that I'll probably get worst person of the year on a certain show. I don't even think that certain show exists anymore, so that's a dated joke. Uh, These people, <laughs> they, they drive me a, a tad mad. Bernadine Dorn, as we ended our, Bernadine Dorn, as we ended our dinner, said something very important because she kept talking about the anti-war movement. Another parenthesis. She also said she listens to ESPN's Mike and Mike. End parenthesis. Take that what you will. And this is my thesis that. The anti-war movement was never about anti-war. It was a Saul Alinsky community organizing tool to get Barack Obama and the left elected. It went away immediately. And the mainstream media created a narrative called the story of the year, Time Magazine. But they will not tell you the true story of what happened. This is exactly the anti-war movement. How do I know this? If I tell that to ABC, CBS, and NBC, they say, that's a conspiracy theory. It's just a bunch of organic people. There's no organization going on, even though we have the emails to prove it, or the undercover videos of Natasha Leonard from the New York Times orchestrating with the radicals. Oh, that didn't mean anything. It did mean a lot, actually. Bernadine Dorn told me while at our lovely dinner, when I was snarkily, pointing out to her, whatever happened to the anti-war movement? And she, she let loose an affirmation of everything I know to be true. She says, well, that's not true. It's more or less that's what Occupy is. That's exactly what it is. The mainstream media refuses to tell you that these are the same shock troops that have been shocking us, pointing their fingers at us, trying to instigate riots with the police, these people are the definition of un-American. So you want a unity speech. You want a unity speech. I'll give you a unity speech. I don't care who our candidate is. And I haven't since the beginning of this. I haven't. Ask not what the candidate can do for you. Ask what you can do for the candidate. And that's what the Tea Party is. We are there to confront them on behalf of our candidate. I will march behind whoever our candidate is, because if we don't, we lose. There are two paths. There are two paths. One is America, and the other one is Occupy. One is America, the other one is Occupy. 
don't care. Along the way, along the way, along the way, and I'm not a candidate. I'm never going to be a candidate. I'm just a goofball from Los Angeles who wears goofy shoes. Promised people I would shave, didn't. Promised I'd take a shower. I got too caught up talking to everybody. And here I am, kind of a mess, but kind of excited to be here. Because over the last three years, I've realized that the Republican Party and the conservative movement is not what ABC and CBS puts on the screen. They try to portray you in the worst possible light. And when I walk through CPAC or I travel the United States to meet people in the Tea Party who care, black, white, gay, and straight, anyone that's willing to stand next to me to fight the progressive left, I will be in that bunker. And if you're not in that bunker because you're not satisfied with this candidate, more than shame on you, you're on the other side. Thank you. Thank you. I'm just going to tell you right now, I want to end it on a media bashing note because that will, that will uplift me like a Dion Warwick final rendition. We're watching you to play the race card, MSNBC. We saw how you cynically placed the Reverend Sharpton in a position of absurdist power. This is Dadaism. I learned that in college, that they would allow for this guy to have a show. This is Dadaism. It's freaky. It's Andy Kaufman. It doesn't make sense unless you understand what they're doing. This is going to be the dog whistle election cycle. They tested him in 2011, so he and his pal Toure and that punk Tim Jacob Wise and Ed and Maddow can sit there and call everyone who's Caucasian racist. I heard it. I used is instead of are. He's a racist. That's a dog whistle. Ignore it when Congressman Rand does it against Alan West. No more. We're going to go after you. I bought a dog whistle. I bought a dog whistle factory, and I'm giving you dog whistles. And we're going to listen to every word that comes out of your mouth, and we're going to hold you to the same standard that you hold to us, which is an impossible one, and you're going to have a hell of a time in 2012 because America has finally awoken to your Solinsky bullshit tactics, and we're coming to get you. Thank you very much. That was Andrew Breitbart, despite his way um, and a lot of things that he had to say. I will say this, um, friends of mine, uh, Christians out here, conservatives out here, we got a lot of work to do. We got to get on the offense instead of the defense and stop defending the things that we know is right and the things that we believe in. I'm Pudgy. This is KRP Radio Show. I appreciate you guys for rocking with us. We are out of here. See you guys next week. Peace. Real gon' recognize, real gon' recognize, real gon' recognize, real, real Pony gon' recognize, still, still, I reckon I will Like we always do with this time I go for mine, I get to shine Now throw your hands